coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. This is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. It is the final Right Hash of the year 2022 our second year of operation has been quite the success and we're rounding it off with a football packed episode to be more specific the right hash bowl pack number two the post christmas edition lots to uh, uh to a uh, burn down here i guess as we uh we've, we've packed packed it really fat over the last few days around christmas with several bowl games that really really i think knocked our socks off uh, Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you in the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki studios. And, um, you know, I, I got back to my regular job yesterday, which is pretty much just watching and listening to sports most of the time. And uh, I, I just, I was captivated by what was going on in what Dan Mullen called a packed Liberty bowl uh, between Arkansas and Kansas or Kansas and Arkansas, if you want to want to put it that way. But that was one of the most they had us in the first half, not going to lie. And then, you know, Arkansas thought they had closed it out once and then finally did, uh, I, I think, uh, finally did uh, get get the win uh, in triple overtime. But it was a little bit harder than, than what they thought it was going to be in the first half. So that was, I thought, the wildest poll game of what, uh, what was a long stretch of, of football that we were, we were sequestered around doing holiday things and being with our families. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it goes to show how big of a impact, and I, I we'll just hop right into this. Honestly, um, it just goes to show how big of an impact Jaden Daniels is on that on that Kansas team because you know he he missed basically the last half of the season. They lost pretty much every game the last half of the season. He comes back, and they're all, all of a sudden you know in a duel with a you know mid- middle of the pack SEC team. Guy throws five touchdowns, five hundred and forty four yards on an SEC defense, and um. I, you say had us in the first half. I'd say they had us in about the first 55 minutes of the game. And then I, I, I turned it off with a little bit less than four minutes left um, because it was, I, I don't know. It was like a, it was at least a two score game. And I just, I, I couldn't see Kansas doing it with the time allotted. I could see them coming back, but now it's a time allotted. And then you texted me, Holy Kansas. And that was for me as they had scored, the touchdown they still needed a two-point conversion to send it to overtime so i clicked it over and watched the rest of it and uh that's just it, that's just one of the more entertaining ball games i've ever seen um not exactly what i expected uh just because i i expected arkansas maybe to run away with it like they had been in the first half but um uh, credit to kansas credit to lance leipold they they did a good job of i mean i i know they were down 18 at one point and just you know, the way the end of that season was to have his team still in a mindset that they could come back and potentially win this game is a credit to him and a credit to his players. Uh, that that was just such a fun bowl game to watch. Um, and I'll, I'll let you follow up on it. But it was it was even, you know, it was a really good night last night for bowl games because that Oregon North Carolina game was really good itself. Yeah, I, I was actually so I was I was working producing a game for a basketball game for, for the dogs. Uh, they beat Ryder 78, 72. That was not what I was really focused on in terms of 
games I cared about the results of, although I'm happy the dogs win. It's always more, my job's always more fun when the dogs win. Uh, so that that's great. Um, but I, I had Arkansas and Kansas on for a little bit. I, I was hopping around to a couple other basketball games, you know, Virginia was playing, but then I had the, I had the, the, the Oregon North Carolina game on for, for most of, most of the, the second half of the basketball game and post game. Uh, so that, that was cool. RIP to the folks who took the over that seemed like the biggest lock in the world. And, you know, the opt outs, I think might've, uh, might've played into that. Uh, but I, I don't want to hear anybody say that there are too many bowl games ever again, after some of the games we've had and some of the individual performances we've seen uh, thinking back to like Frank Gore jr. But that Kansas versus Arkansas game was a battle of two, six and six teams that were like, Look, this is a chance to go out on top and finish with a win and above 500. I mean, th- there's a lot of incentive even for players that are, you know, you're going to have your opt-outs. That's going to happen all the time now unless you're playing in the playoff. But these rosters are 100 sometimes people deep. These are twice the size of NFL rosters. There are guys there who are going to want to play and win games and finish with that 7-6 and six record. And, and I just don't really want to hear anymore that there are too many bowl games. There's, there's definitely too many bowl games, Luke. I, I, I don't need Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State during bowl season. That's not, I mean, like, six, six wins is far too low of a bar these days. It, you should have to be, I, I think we should bump it up. I think it should be an over 500 team has deserved, not just a 500 team. That's, that's a C student making Dean's list. That's, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, a bowl game should be a reward, not just a, a de facto if you did okay so i i i am of the mind that there are too many bowl games but to me there's not enough higher tier bowl games we've we've watered down the product of bowls so much now i mean it's it's fun for us because especially for us who work at home because we we get to sit there and watch the you know lending tree bowl between rice and southern miss as it airs during the weekday uh while we're working that that's great um I, I, I certainly wouldn't argue against making bowls a little bit more of a premium uh, accomplishment than it is currently. Um, I mean, even New Year's Six Bowls, they're not, they're not played on New Year's Day nor New Year's Eve right now, um, except for the playoff games. And I, I think uh, Sugar Bowl is still played on New Year's Eve. But, like, the, 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 the New Year's Six, not all of them are even played on New Year's or New Year's Day. Uh, or New Year's Eve. So um, I, I I would like to cut back on some of the lower bowls personally. Um, it's it's fun for some, and I, I'm not against the fun, but it just doesn't feel like it's premium of, of an accomplishment if we have to wade through the New Mexico State Bowling Green, who are both six and six in the Quick Lane Bowl. I mean, shout out to Bowling Green. You, you, you lost to New Mexico State, but, you know, you made it. Um, and you're Bowling but- Green. It, it, exactly like you, you you belong there because of your name but you don't belong there because of your resume that's for damn sure um a, anyway sidetrack the oregon versus north carolina game was great last night uh two pro- probably the, the two highest favorites for next year uh bo Nix and, and drake may um we'll see how drake may has uh you know what kind of success he'll have across an entire year without a josh downs but as I, as we mentioned on the last show he still threw for 3,000 yards to guys who weren't named Josh Downs this year. Um, so it probably impacted them against Oregon, especially in a game that there's a one-point deficit. I know Oregon had a had um, their their big Noah Sewell uh, 
uh, opt out on defense. And obviously UNC had their big Josh Downs opt out on offense, but otherwise I thought it was a pretty even game. Um, North Carolina kind of hung around that top 15 ish spot this entire season, Oregon hung around kind of that same, you know, that they certainly were up a little bit further than North Carolina was, but um, they ended the season at 15, right in the middle of the pack. And I, I just thought it was a good old fashioned bowl game, you know, it, two teams that never play two really kind of contrasting styles and uh, two very different uh, trajectory head coaches, obviously Dan Lanning, just kind of starting his head coaching career, Mac Brown on the tail end of his. Um, I, I, I just thought it was a really fun it, it, it felt like one of those old school, like late nineties, early two thousands bowl games to me, there just didn't seem to be a lot of noise outside of just the football being played and that right, wrong or indifferent. That's, that's what I prefer. I, another game I thought was kind of like that and I didn't see cause it was late at night and I'd gotten back and uh, I, from driving and I was tired, but Wisconsin, Oklahoma state and the guaranteed rate bowl, just kind of two power conference programs that you never see play each other. It was 24, 17 Wisconsin. It wasn't really that close because Oklahoma state closed the gap in the, in the later stages of the game, but a, a similar type of game to that. Like, you know, like you never see those two teams play in the regular season or even in one of those Chick-fil-A classic games. Um, and I, I shout out again, I've been beating this guy, this guy's drum all year, but I think he really actually might've cemented, uh, some type of coach of the year award and that's tickle me elko at duke they just shut down gus malzahn's offense in the military bowl i know there were probably opt-outs of that i didn't keep track of every opt-out but that was a, that was a game we highlighted as as one to watch and duke really really put on a clinic there yeah i i'm not exactly sure who gets the newcomer coach of the year um just mainly in my mind I, um, i'm not sure who all is a real candidate for that off the top of my head i mean brian kelly at lsu certainly is going to be um, but Tickle Mielko has done a more impressive job and a more impressive place to do that job. Um, I, it, it reminds me of when Cutcliffe started there. Like, it seemed like, okay, this guy understands what needs to be done here at Duke, and he's going to help us sustain having a, a winning season, you know, over and over. And, I mean, we're talking about he's doing this with the guys that a great coach like David Cutcliffe couldn't even get close to a bowl the last – two or three years um and like he said he comes out and he just knocks the shit out of Gus Malzahn um and a John Reese Plumley, a SEC quarterback um I just thought he did a really fantastic job this year that's a that's a great shout yeah and another shout out to Connor Lilly because he tweeted about Mike Elko the job Mike Elko did you know he heard it here first on the right hash if there's one person who heard it first on the right hash it's Connor Lilly so uh, so th thanks for backing backing up the show you listen to on social media. I, I, I really appreciate that. But yeah, Mike Elko, a really, really great job there. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed by the Coastal Carolina, East Carolina game, not so much by the game, but because it could have been a really cool color matchup, but ECU was in purple and white helmets and Coastal was white and black helmets. Like There wasn't enough teal to contrast with the purple. That was about the only thing that really, uh, really I remember about that game because the football was kind of lame. Um, but the Texas Bowl last night, too, was a game I was sort of looking forward to, and it was disappointing, too. I mean, uh, Texas Tech controlled that from start to finish. Uh, Ole Miss <laughs> thought they were going to come back, and then Texas Tech took that onside kickback for a touchdown. But, you know, really, how, how realistic was it at that point? But ever since Lane Kiffin flirted with Auburn, Ole Miss is 0-4, and it, the numbers aren't – numbers just aren't pretty. It's, it's, uh, 
I wonder if that, that game was kind of a harbinger for, for the Rebels. I mean, they've been a one-dimensional team all year. The, the reason that they started so well is let, – let, let, me, let me tell you their opening schedule real quick. Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Auburn. Like, that, that was their first seven games. Yeah, out Troy's, of Troy is the best team out of that. Uh, Troy can say uh, that with can say that with confidence and and possibly the Kentucky team that they played at that time that was really before Will Levis had accumulated a couple of injuries um a couple he sustained in that game actually but then they turned around and had to play LSU Texas A&M Alabama Arkansas Mississippi State on the back end they lost four of those five um it it was just a one-dimensional team man you know uh Jackson Dart had a 62.8 QBR across the season um, it was one of those things where it, th- this is this was a really poor matchup for them because you, you don't want to go against a Big 12 shootout team when your whole identity is running the football because if things get out of hand early like they did, you don't have a way back. Jackson Dart is not a good quarterback. There were so many passes. He just airmailed last night and was lucky he didn't have an accumulation of interceptions. Um, it what one of those this is just one of those seasons where you don't have the roster of course with a guy like Lane Kiffin and the transfer portal being the way that it is it, it kind of makes you scratch your head like okay why 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 didn't he have an actual quarterback to run his I mean this is Lane Kiffin he's put guys in the NFL um so I'm interested to see if he goes out and grabs a a guy like Sam Hartman who just entered the portal um I I, I I really don't know why they have a quarterback issue there. That that should be the, really the one position Lane Kiffin doesn't have an issue with. Um, but lo and behold, he does still wound up eight and five with just running the running the ball in the SEC in 2022. So I, I guess you'll take it. He signed a nice extension. So um, I hope you like turmoil and cryptic tweets, Ole Miss fans, because you got <laughs> a lot more of it. <laughs> They'll be too busy getting drunk in the grave to worry about. It. I'm confident. That they'll they'll still have a good time regardless of who their football coach is. Uh, the the best game you didn't see, I bet, was the Camellia Bowl, Buffalo and Georgia Southern. Another six and sixteen team battle from you know conferences that don't matter on the national stage really as much, I, I would say. But it was twenty three twenty one. Buffalo uh, was uh, built built a big lead. Uh, Georgia Southern almost came back, but but the storyline in this game was. Really, the only reason I'm mentioning it is because Kyle Van Treese used to play at Buffalo and yep. almost cooked his old team, but uh, came up a little bit short. Uh, 352 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and that that was you know those are two, these are two of I think the stronger mid-major programs in the country at this point. You know, Lance Leipold came from Buffalo. Um, Buffalo has three straight bowl wins, uh, so that this is their second Camellia Bowl win in three years. They've been been smoking the Camellia Bowls, um, but that that was kind of that was the last kind of the last game that really stuck out to me for kind of a, a reason other than the football that was played, just one of those storylines. Um, but, and also I, th- I think, I think we did our last show before this game happened, the Wake Forest taking down Missouri in the Gasparilla bowl uh, Deacons ending on a high note and then Sam Hartman riding off into the sunset. Yep. Uh, Sam Hartman doing it the right way. Didn't enter the portal before the game. Didn't say I'm playing this and then moving on. I like the way he's approached this. He went out there, won that bowl game, finished up the season, and then entered the portal. Um, I think that there does need to be – I'm completely fine with the portal, but there needs to be a little bit of etiquette with it. And uh, whether that's forced etiquette or learned etiquette, I don't care. There needs to be a little bit more etiquette around 
the the transfer portal. Sam Hartman did it the right way, um, ma- mainly because you just I, I think it's wrong to kind of quit on your team while there's still games to be played. You, you should not be able to enter the portal until after the season, um, which Sam Hartman, there's no rule for it, but he just did it because that's just kind of, I don't know, that, that that's how the leaders, that's how your true football players, in my opinion, will, will do it most of the time. Um, good, good on him. Uh, kind of, I, I hate to see it for uh, Dave Clawson to lose a guy like that, but in reality, this gives him a year head start on grooming the next guy because that's that's what's really going to be important for him there's not much more sam hartman can do for dave clausen um other than you know maybe win the acc um outside of that dave clausen's got to focus on the next guy so that he can get another contract and stay with wake forest um so i i think you're correct there wasn't really anything else other than that wake forest missouri game um low scoring game pretty interesting game i guess um just from the the brand names but other than that missouri just doesn't they they don't their defense is good but they just don't their offense is awful yeah i i kind of witnessed that firsthand uh when, when they played georgia i mean their defense kept them in that ball game um and i, I yeah it, that's a that's a program that was hard to figure out this year and then Wake Forest, I think, was also a program that was a little difficult to figure out. And it was that was another one of those matchups that you just you just were entertained by just kind of by the football. Um, the, the the Hawaii Bowl was was close, but just didn't didn't really appeal to me at all. Uh, was from it any kind of standpoint? Was it Dominic Lovett that transferred to Georgia before this game? The receiver from Missouri. Is it? I, I think I, I know Dominic Lovett it. transferred. I just don't remember. Yeah. Kirby Smart discusses getting Rara Thomas from Mississippi State and Dominic Lovett in the portal. So um, Dominic Lovett on Missouri did transfer to Georgia before this game. So That's they were wild. without their they were without their second best receiver. Um, but th- this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like there's an etiquette here. You shouldn't be transferring to another team when your guys have a bowl game to go play. Um, I I didn't see if he played honestly. Um, I, I didn't make note of that because he had transferred. I don't remember hearing his name. I remember hearing Luther Burden over and over and over again. Um, and if he stays, that's all we're going to hear out of Missouri. But, um, yeah, just j- transfer portal, man. It's it's wild. I, I'm not going to be the old man shaking my fist at the cloud because I know things change. Um, it's just it, – it is. we got to get a handle on it. I'm completely fine with the transfer portal existing. We just got to have a little bit of, you know, rules and regulations to go along with it, and I think everyone will be happier. Jesus Christ, Smokey, this isn't Nom. There are rules. Mark Sorry, I'm looking here. Yeah, he 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 did not play. So well, um well, literally, zero. I mean, li- literally like three days before the game, he transfers to Georgia. Like not not only do you transfer on your guys, but you have to transfer to Georgia. Like that's <laughs> that, is, that is such a Kevin Durant thing to do without Shit. being as good as Kevin Durant. Mark it zero. All right, I'm done making big Lebowski references, but um, yeah, I, 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 that's going to be interesting to see how he fits into the to the fold for the dogs next year and Ra Ra Thomas for that matter, because um, they, they they need help at wide receiver. I mean, there's there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and so then we break in a new quarterback, so it'll be yeah. nice to have some actual targets. Yeah, Stetson Bennett will finally be be no longer a, a member of the Georgia Bulldogs. We 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 think we I th- think. I think, I mean, he, he could take a GA position and 
what didn't South Carolina have, have a graduate assistant Zeb Nolan playing quarterback for them last year. So yeah, uh, <laughs> ne- never know. We might not have seen the last of Stetson Bennett. <laughs> There's the horn sounds on uh, quarter number one, looking back at the, uh, the bowl games and we'll jump into quarter number two, talking about some more bowl games. One down three to go. Second quarter action straight ahead right here on the right hash. We'll pick, we'll pick, uh, the lion's share of the games at the end here, but we'll, we'll, we'll analyze the ones we really, really care about as we move from past to future uh, here in our, our Christmas carol of a post-Christmas carol of a, an episode of the right hash here from the Oscar Alexander Kuchecki studios. No um, games today. Yeah. That, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting but to me. Wall to wall football tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take that because to be honest with you, uh, there is an important NFL game tonight for, uh, the, the Jaguars to be watching, you know, you, you guys have to root for the Cowboys, which, you know, I, I understand. I understand. I, you know. I, I don't have to do a damn thing because we, <laughs> we can win out and make it in. I don't it is need true. Any help. Yeah. All right. Well, we then put, you don't have to root for the Cowboys. We play the Texans and the Titans. Like All right. if, we can, if we can't beat them, we shouldn't be in the fucking playoffs anyway. All right. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit more about Fuck that. Fuck for the Cowboys. The Fuck. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell more. I'll tell more of a, a story. I'll tell a story about a time I had to, I had no now, choice in the second half of the show. Now, if they win, will I pout? No. <laughs> I, will not, I will not root for the for the Cowboys under any circumstances. Good. That's a, we, we, you, you wouldn't be on a show with me if you did. But, um, <laughs> Doesn't even have to do with that. I, I personally can't do it. I just, oh, they, no they make can. me want to vomit, can. dude. Yeah. Well, well, you know what else makes a lot of people want to vomit? The color orange. There are a lot of people out there who don't like the color orange. My mom doesn't like the color orange. She just thinks it's like a really ugly color. I think it's a great color. So I'm really excited for what else, but the orange bowl with Tennessee and Clemson. I mean, this is about as good as it can get, but, and you're playing in Miami where there's a lot of orange production. Like this is, this is amazing. Yeah. Literally in the orange bowl. Um, I think this is going to be the most people that's been in this stadium all year. And that's not yeah. even a jo- not even a joke. I think yeah. that's probably going to be the truth. Unless there was like a unless there was like a like a Bon Jovi concert or something. Yeah, may- maybe maybe if Pitbull played there was <laughs> it was full. But um, uh, th- this is going to be a really interesting game. Um, not a game that I expect Tennessee to win, honestly. And I know that there's people out there who are like, this bowl game means so much. It you know it's it's a huge game. It's another game for our guys to play and get better. I get I get all of that. But making it here was the important part. Winning this game is going to be irrelevant in two years. You know, I, I, I don't remember the Tax Slater Gator Bowl or, you know, uh, Liberty Bowls or Music City Bowls doing anything for us in the past. I don't understand. I mean, like, it's good to get down there and be able to have the Miami area recruits come watch your game in person without having to blow an official visit and all that stuff. Nice for recruiting. Um, especially in year two for Tennessee, just making it to this is, you know, so, something you're going to be able to hang your hat on in conversations with recruits from the 23 and 20, I mean, uh, 24 and 25 classes. Um, I just don't think the outcome means that much. Um, Clemson's probably a better team. They have a roster that has been built upon for a decade now. Tennessee is still trying to fill the holes from the 30 players that left two years ago. And they've done a damn good job of it to wind up as number six in the country at the end of year two for Josh Heupel. Um, a, a lot of this is going to come down to uh, 
how does Joe Milton look? How is his accuracy? That's really, uh, I don't have any, you know, fever dreams that our defense is going to shut out Clemson or anything like that. They're probably going to score a fair amount of points, um, which means Tennessee is going to need to as well. Uh, obviously, uh, Brian Brzee is back for Clemson. He's playing in this game. Uh, a massive piece that they've been missing throughout the year, arguably a top five, top 10 pick of the NFL draft coming up along the D line. It's going to make our running game uh, a little bit more difficult to get started, which is how we beat Vanderbilt in Joe Milton's one start of the year. Um, just gashed him on the ground over and over. Tennessee also missing its top two wide receivers and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, both declaring for the draft and skipping the bowl game. Um, so we're left with Brew McCoy, who has still had a really fantastic season. Um, Squirrel White and Ramel Keaton will step up into the roles uh, for Sed and, and Hyatt. Um, I have complete faith in those guys. They've done it this year. They've played really good minutes this year. Um, R- Ramel Keaton is probably the reason why we beat Florida earlier this year. Had just had a really, really good game um, instead of Cedric. Uh, defense, I just don't know what to expect. I'm just going to assume Clemson's going to score in the 35 to 42 range just off the bat because it's not a great defense. We're missing our starting linebacker, who is also declared for the draft and skipping the bowl game. Um, by the way, it's great that Tennessee has these problems. We've never had guys skip bowl games before, at least like since that's been a thing. We've never been in a high enough bowl game, never really had guys who were good enough to skip. So it's cool that we have guys that are good enough to skip bowl games now. That A lot of people hate that. I, I fucking love that. Recruits see that. That's why recruits go to Ohio State or – you know, some of those big schools because they see their guys leaving early to go to the, you know, go to the draft. They're like, Oh, that could be me. I could be the one opting out to prepare for the draft. They're, they're going to get me there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very excited for this game. Uh, I, you know, basically politics for it on the, on the show saying that the orange bowl needs to be Tennessee versus Clemson and the orange bowl would be missing a humongous opportunity to have the most fitting bowl game maybe of any bowl game that has ever been bowled ever. Um, just it, it is the orangest bowl that could exist. Like the only way this could be possible is if like Syracuse's uh, uh, referees are down here and like Texas guys were doing the, uh, the, the, the play calls that that's, that's about the only thing that can make this oranger. I love it. It's going to be a nice 8 PM, hopefully clear weather, prime time game. Um, big stage for Joe Milton. If Joe Milton can connect on a couple of balls, watch this guy's st- stock skyrocket in the offseason. Uh, Tennessee released a video earlier this week of Joe Milton tossing oranges, and he was standing in his own end zone and threw it out of the back of the opposing end zone three times. This dude has a rocket arm. Um, it's a matter of can he control it. it he, he's kind of like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. He just doesn't know his own strength. He doesn't have it dialed in. He's just snapping rabbits next, left, and right. I hear Virgil van Dyke and his Dutch national team teammates will be, uh, be in attendance as well in their orange uniforms. Uh, that, no, that, I, made, I, made, I made that up. That, that'd be great. <laughs> I, like, I like the Dutch. Um, but, but I do have the uniform matchup for this game, and it's going to be uh, Tennessee with the white, the white helmets, of course, uh, white pants and orange jerseys, yeah. and Clemson in the orange helmets white jerseys and orange pants. So it's, it's going to look good. It's going to look good. I wish Clemson was wearing purple, uh, but it's going to look good. I, I want to go back to something you said kind of in the middle of that though, um, about opt-outs and having that problem. And it goes back to what I talked about on the show last week is what is the identity of your program going to be in this new era of NIL? 
Um, what, what are you going to hang your hat on? You know, are you going to be a, like a program that focuses more on churning out individual talent, you know, or are you going to, you know, maybe sacrifice that a little bit for, you know, trying to win championships and, or are you going to kind of get catch lightning in a bottle and put it all together? So I, I think, I think Tennessee is getting closer to kind of linking the two components um, of this new era of, of NIL and these two kind of these two competing identities that programs have been one or the other for a long time. You know, NC State has kind of fallen under the individual talent um, camp for for quite some time now. So I, I, I think that's a good point about uh, the, the opt outs. I, I um, you know, we will pick this game kind of toward the end of the quarter. But, yeah, this is definitely going to be uh, the, on my television before I go have to do produce an 11 o'clock basketball game for UCLA, just practice for the CFP championship. Um, I'll be, I'll be really excited to watch this one. Um, and just a little, little, little per, I think it's the perfect appetizer for, for the, the wave of games we're going to get in the, in the, the new year's window. You know, you get to watch your team play, you get that over with, and then you just get to watch all you know, the CFP championship and the rest of the games that you, you care to watch. Yeah. It's a really dynamite uh, schedule uh, that day as well. Um, starting with, what well, we talked about it last show, but just one of my favorite teams to play against because we hate them so much. NC State kicking off with Maryland uh, and Bank of America. Um, I, interested to see what the crowd split is because uh, it's close enough that NC State should dominate that crowd. But Mar- Maryland fans will travel, especially for this team. They have a tag of Iloa. They're doing well in recruiting right now. They're stealing prospects from player uh, from teams left and right. Um, they're in big on probably the best athlete in this class remaining in 2023, Nichols Harbor. Um, I, I, that's probably my, my biggest interest in this game is just what is the crowd split? Because I don't think NC State has a chance. NC State is favored. I just don't feel like they have a chance. I don't see how they score with Maryland. I don't. Now, State's defense is going to be good enough to limit Maryland for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I just don't see where they score enough to beat out Maryland. And we'll, we'll get to picks later, but this is still my, still my analysis of that's the big issue I see here. I just don't see where NC State's points come from to win this game. Um, that, so that, that's, that's a great opening game to the day. Um, I'll, be, I'll be able to watch that, obviously, just kind of working from home um those tickets are actually they're 70 bucks for that game and just for comparison the orange bowl is 36 um so it costs twice as much to get into maryland nc state which probably means the pack are going to have a large traveling contingency yeah it's i mean you could wake up conceivably at 6 or 7 a.m in raleigh drive to the game and drive back you don't even have to get a hotel Shit. I mean, Easily. I work at, I, I don't have to go into work until 9 30 PM until, until for on Friday night. So I can go to that game, come back, watch the first half of the Tennessee Clemson game, and then go to work, watch the rest of the game while I work. And, and, and uh, you know, that, so that, you know, that's a lot, a lot of NC state fans are going to be able to do that. And NC state's fans are concentrated in an area that's easy to, you know, it's easy to get to Charlotte from, from that. It's not like they have to go come, come from like the, the, western corner of the state that's attached to georgia and like drive through the mountains and stuff uh kind of getting i'm kind of going down a rabbit hole the train and carry and raleigh also actually drop off right outside of bank of america um and i've done this once but 
you you ride the train in it's like a three-hour train ride you ride it in go to the game and pick the train up on the way home you don't even have to drive you don't have to worry about parking none of that you just literally catch the train drops you off right there at the stadium um or i mean it's like a quarter of a mile walk it's it's nothing even for a fat guy like me it's nothing um and and go to the game so if you're out there and you're on the fence you have the day off on on friday or for some reason you're you know observing new year's eve new year's day that day hop the train it's like 15 20 bucks um i don't it might be more because of more people riding it uh for this particular game but uh it's it's a fun way to experience a game you know without a car without having all your stuff you just kind of I don't know. Kind of feels like you're just gambling about in the wilderness and stumbled across an, uh, a football game and are like, cool, going to stop by and do this and go right back home. Because like you <laughs> said, you, I mean, you can get home and watch. Uh, you, you can you can w- catch probably the start of the Tennessee game because Maryland NC State's going to be three, three and a half hours. The ride home, three, three and a half hours. You probably still got a couple of minutes before that game starts. You could legit see both games in its entirety in one day. Yeah, that would that would be that would be pretty amazing. Um, two two other good games that day. Even if you don't make it to 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 Charlotte, you can you have these on too. You know, Pitt and UCLA in the Sun Bowl, uh, Notre Dame and South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. That's kind of, that's a sneaky good matchup to me with the, the two ranked teams. Um, we'll, we'll we'll pick those games in a little bit. Um, but then on New Year's Eve, <laughs> day starts with Alabama Kansas State um, and ends with the CFP playoffs. Uh, so there's you know there's there's a lot of you know, a lot of good games. And then, you know, it's a little different this year because with New Year's Day falling on a Sunday and that'll, that belonging to the NFL, a lot of the games that would be on New Year's Day are now on January 2nd, which is New Year's Day observed if you work at a bank or something. Uh, but Tulane and USC is just, I think, the most intriguing for me, just based on the, the, the mid-major versus major conference. I don't think Tulane has much of a chance to win and USC will win that Zero. game. But um, but also also the Rose Bowl, you know, the Rose Bowl, Penn State and Utah is a fresh matchup, if nothing else. It's maybe not as sexy of a matchup as you normally get in the Rose Bowl, but it's it's a fresh matchup, number eight versus number 11. And I think those are both two programs that are going to want to go out there and actually try hard and win that game. I tell you what, Vegas definitely disagrees with us because they've uh, it, with me. I, I haven't heard you yet, but um I don't think Tulane stands a chance in that game. And Vegas has USC as a two-point favorite. Oh, yeah. I said, I said, I was looking right at that one, I, and I still said it. I was like, I don't think Tulane has a chance either. I, I just – I mean, th- there's a reason that game's five bucks to get into. Now, one of those reasons is because USC fans are not driving to Dallas to go sit in the Cotton Bowl to watch them play Tulane. That's uh, Arlington. Is it in Arlington now? It's in Arlington now. Yeah, it's at um, Uncle Jerry's – House of yeah, Discount yeah. TVs or some shit like that. At Jerry and Dax World, where <laughs> we uh, <laughs> where, where playoff dreams become playoff nightmares. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand about the lines there. I'm gonna be honest. I, it, it's one of those things, you know, kind of like uh, Detroit uh, at Minnesota this year. Detroit was two point favorites going into Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota had like one loss in the season, and they just they ran them up and down the field. So Vegas knows something I don't know. Um, and that's why they're in Vegas, and that's why I'm here, I guess. But I, I echo your your second point there. Penn State-Utah is going to be such an interesting game. Um, Cam Rising, probably his last, I'm guessing his last game at Utah. I, I don't know what his, uh, his future holds. He's a junior, so I reckon he could come back. I don't know if he'll test draft waters. I mean, if I'm seeing Anthony Richardson and – 
Will Levis getting first round grades, I got to at least dip my toes in because those guys suck and they're getting top five pick recommendations for some, some scouts. So um, I, I think the game that I'm most looking forward to that day is not because of football, but it's definitely Mississippi state, Illinois inside of Raymond James stadium with the big pirate ship. Um, there's just going to be a lot of emotion in that game. And if you're, if you're a college football fan or you like the way modern offense is run in the NFL or college football, it, it, it's, it's almost just tuning in out of respect to the, to the grandfather of the modern offensive systems and Mike Leach. Um, I, I would recommend t- t- tuning in anyway, because Illinois had a really good season. Mississippi States had a little bit of an up and down season, finishing the top 25. Um, Will Rogers, I, th- this, this has to be his last year. Um, he's only a junior, but I swear to God, he's been playing since I was like 18. Um, I like, I, it, it feels like he's the guy who took over for Dak Prescott at this point. Um, even though that was Nick Mullins, I, I, I like watching Mississippi state interested to see what they look like without Ra Thomas, who, you know, did what Dominic Lovett did and transferred on his team. Um, before the, before the whole game, uh, going to be, going to be a good one. I think it's going to be maybe a little bit more low scoring, maybe boring for some of the the casual football fans out there, but um, my eyes are going to be glued to it. I think. I thought Nick Mullins was Southern Miss. Uh, I think I think Nick wrong. Mullins was Mississippi State. Yeah, I could be. Uh, I don't know. He's he's so ir- he's so irrelevant. Like he's he's hasn't made enough of a name for himself in the NFL to to even have people remember that. I guess that was my point. <laughs> he he wasn't Southern Miss. Fuck Nick Mullins. <laughs> let, let, let me. What while you talk, I'm gonna look up who that transition quarterback was. Yeah, I just I, I, the Rose Bowl to me is one of those like relics of the old game that like is like still keeping us like linked to the past of college football. And I, I really appreciate how they never mess with the conference matchup. Like it's Nick always Fitzgerald. Big Nick Fitzgerald. So, okay. Someone even I had the wrong relevant. Nick. I That's the okay. Wrong Nick. It's 50%, yeah. 50%. Um, that Both would be in Mississippi rate. too. I mean, come on. Yeah, guys. I mean, yeah, it's, it's name it's, your kids, something else. <laughs> Nick Mullins is still in the NFL, by the way, playing for the Vikings. He, That's he is wild. That's yeah. wild to me. Um, but where where was I? With the Rose Bowl, it's like it's like you mentioned the grand grandfather of modern uh, offenses. Uh, this is you know the granddaddy of them all. Uh, this game kind of is college football, and I'm I'm glad we've got a program like Penn State in it too. You know, I, I a lot of uh, people from uh, the Tom Sox have who've been interns uh, are from Penn State. They they, they have an, a pipeline program to work in sports internships. So I've worked with some Penn state students over the years. Uh, I don't know if any of them will be going out there to cover it. Probably not, but, um, but it's, it's cool just knowing firsthand that like a program that gives a shit isn't a game that means that much uh, to, to, you know, for, for me as a college football fan, um, I, I, I don't know who, I don't know who I'm going to pick. I'm not picking it yet. I don't know who I'm going to pick um, citrus bowl uh, kind of, kind of the, the, under undercard, if you will, I think LSU is gonna gonna sort of have an easier time with Purdue. I think that game might be a little bit of a mismatch. Um, but but we haven't mentioned the Barstool Bowl yet. Ohio and Wyoming out in the desert. I mean, you told me off 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 mic we were gonna talk about this game for a long time. I mean, the only interesting part about it is like it's gonna have a Barstool broadcast. Yeah, that's, I mean that's the novelty. I mean that, that thank God that they have teams like this because it 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 will get eyes on it because of because of that factor um because of it being barstool guys i I don't know if it's going to be the same uh big cat dave i don't know if they're the ones who are doing it like they do the 
because they, they call fights as well. Um, I, I haven't seen who the who the 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 analysts are on it. I'm assuming Big Cat and Dave Portnoy are going to be the 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 two guys, the two man guys. But um, you know, if you like stuff like that, tune into it. It's going to be football. You know, uh, I'm probably going to be way more focused on Notre Dame, South Carolina, but. It, in this day and age, ev- everyone pretty much has the capability to watch two games at once, you know, in some form or fashion, whether it's on a tablet, on your cell phone, and your TV, something like that. So, I don't know. Maybe watch Notre Dame South Carolina on mute. Tune into Ohio, Wyoming, see it, see if it's for you. If not, shut that shit off and watch Notre Dame South Carolina. It's going to be a much better <laughs> game. <laughs> Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I'd Dude, watch two same time. Man. I'd watch two games at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> but um, well, I, I, I mean, I think Alabama is going to murder Kansas State. That doesn't, that doesn't really <laughs> kind of goes without saying. So I'm, I'm kind of ready to get to the, the games that still matter. Are the games that I, matter for relevance? If, if unless you've got, got some burning questions about it, any others. No, just the one we're not going to pick that we're going to mention and just acknowledge that is on the schedule iowa versus kentucky um yes it is there it is a football game that is happening chris rodriguez and will levis are both not playing for kentucky and they sucked even when they did um so uh iowa have they scored a touchdown yet this season i don't know i I lost track after like the third game uh yes they they have indeed scored a, a couple of touchdowns this season so good for them they're on a hot streak i guess um yeah, well, I, I'm not picking that game because I have no idea what to do there. Iowa's two-point favorites. Um, it's the trans-perfect Music City Bowl, so it's totally 2022. Um, that's that's the whole thing now, right? Um, anyway, uh, go Hawk, go Hawkeyes, I guess. Yeah, I'm not go picking Iowa. it, but go, go, go Iowa. Is this heaven? No, this is Iowa. <laughs> Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into the picks, but we'll start with the CFP games. Uh, we'll analyze them a little bit longer and make our picks and then launch into kind of some, uh, some quicker picks to round out the first half with these games we've talked about a little bit. But I do not want to have any further ado before we get to TCU and Michigan and Ohio State, Jordan. We'll start with, with TCU and Michigan because it, it is chronologically the first game that will happen, 4 o'clock kickoff Eastern time, uh, meaning I get the late game. Ooh, awesome. Anyway, the 3-2 matchup. In the Fiesta Bowl, this game in, in Phoenix at the, uh, I still call it University of Phoenix Stadium. I know it's something else now, um, but undefeated Michigan, uh, I think da- down Blake Corum, or is he going to play? I can't remember if. Blake Corum's out, I believe. Okay, yeah, they're down Blake Corum. Um, you know, Ma- Max Duggan has been kind of a darling of college football over the last few weeks with his social media and, uh, you know, videos and girl, girls girls swooning when they see him and just the performance he had in the, uh, in, in, some of those late season games. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be enough against Michigan. It's just Michigan's got a really, really good defense. Um, I don't know if TCU played a really, really, really good defense in, in the big 12 this year. Um, yeah. I, the, the big 12 certainly had better defenses this year, or they had worse offenses because the likes of Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma just weren't great. Um, so I, I would kind of, I would tend to agree that they haven't played great defenses and they really haven't been tested as much by an opposing offense, um, as Michigan probably has. And 
when I say Michigan probably has, I mean exclusively just the Ohio State game because I don't think they've played anybody else. The Big the Big Ten is far worse than the Big 12 is this year, top to bottom. Um, the Big Ten just happens to have two elite, you know, borderline playoff teams that re- really helped them make it to the end of the season um, looking real good because, I mean, I, I, I guess the Penn State win is okay. I mean, that, they beat the shit out of them. Um and to be fair, most of their games across the season weren't very close. Like Maryland, I think, is the team. Maryland and Illinois towards the end of the season got a little bit close, but not not really. Michigan played the Big Ten title game, walked all over Purdue, no problems. Um, didn't play with Blake Corm in the last two games either. So I, I think they're perfectly fine without him. He, he's a phenomenal running back. I'm not saying he's bad, but I think Michigan certainly has the personnel ready to um, at least – make up 80 to 90 percent of his production if they have to um and against tcu they're going to have to um tcu i think has a really a a fairly good defense it's been playing a little bit better down the stretch as well um they haven't given up more than 28 points um since like october november time frame so it's been been more than a month really i mean it was the beginning end of october beginning of november they gave up 31 to west virginia so that they've played Pretty good defense, again, not against the best offenses, but still can't give up points. The, their problem is they gave up 28 to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, sorry, they gave up 31. And uh, it, it they just don't have an offense designed to consistently score that much. Um, it this is It's not really a tough game for me to pick, but the difficult thing about it is – I I just feel like Max Duggan and that offense has kind of this, you know, it, it play, it plays okay when there's not a whole lot on the line, but when they get backed into a corner, they, they, they don't just kind of cower and stand back in that corner. They, you know, that they kind of, they kind of fluff up, they get pissed off. And that's when you start to see the real TCU. Um, As long as they don't enter that particular scenario too early, as long as they can keep this a game into the third quarter, hopefully the fourth quarter, I think TCU is going to be right there with a chance to win this thing. If they let this get out of hand a little bit too early, Michigan has the the game plan and the players that can salt away a game before you even realize it's being salted away. So that that's the key for TCU is just keep it a ball game. Keep it with, you know, a, a puncher's jabs distance of any point, a, a special teams or a defensive touchdown could change this game for you. Keep it at arm's length. If you can do that, you're going to be fine in the fourth quarter. You're going to have as good a shot at beating Michigan as anyone else does. Yeah, I think for Michigan, the most important guy on the team, and we talk about this position all the time on this show uh, because we're hefty dudes, but I think Ola Sagoon Oluwatimi, who played for, I think, three or four years at Virginia and has now yep. you know shown himself as one of the best centers in college football, he, he is one of the reasons Michigan controls the line of scrimmage. I mean, the primary reason. He's going to have to – kind of like with Blake Corum out, you know, with a different running game, running game in there, he's going to have to kind of kind of be what he's always been like, be the captain of that offensive line. And like, he he's got a huge opportunity here to like maybe get himself into the first round as a center, or maybe, you know, maybe the second round, I don't know where he's projected right now, but you know, this is a guy who Washington's been looking at in the, you know, as a draft prospect and I would love to have him. Uh, so I, I'm shouting him out, highlighting him as maybe the most important player on Michigan's offense for this ball game against against a pretty fierce TCU defense. 
good good pick and he, he's a guy that when we did our preseason you know top transfers he, he was on my list for that exact reason um well one of the few offensive linemen that i actually watched a little bit of film on before that because it it's so hard to grade those guys and how you think they're gonna fit but it was one of those things where god michigan is such a run focused team if they want him all right let, let me check him out because I, I don't know much about him um and what once i saw the tape i was like this guy is going to be perfect for them he's smart a smart center gets blocking schemes correct rarely if ever misses his own one-on-one matchups um and he's been just a huge a huge glue part for that michigan offensive line that has let them do what they want to do if anything he has enabled michigan to be michigan almost more than anybody else on that roster yeah i mean i would definitely agree with that and that's a that's a uh a program with the long history of uh of just dominant offensive linemen um you know jake long no pun intended was a a first round a first overall pick in uh 2000 2008 um same year as chris long no relation uh from virginia who was on the defensive side of the ball uh john jansen one of my favorite li- offensive linemen of all time was uh was a, a michigan guy uh, works for their broadcast team now um but i you know i i think i think you know i'm ready to make my pick for this game i i've got Michigan winning this one. I, I think they're going to do enough. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a laugher, but I think they're going to do enough. And it's going to be, you know, something like a 28 to 14, 28, 17 type type game that Michigan just, like you said, salts away in the second half. Yeah. I, I like Michigan as well. Vegas uh, has Michigan by seven and a half, um, which I think is probably right on the money for me. I, I it's, it's that within striking distance for TCU, but Michigan just has a way of like, it's like their arm is maybe a couple inches longer. So their arms reach is that they have more wiggle room than TCU does in this game. Um, Luke, do you happen to know what the uniform matchup is for this one? Uh, the higher seeds going to wear the dark colors. So Michigan will be blue. Uh, TCU is going to be white. I don't know pants, uh, but I know Michigan will be dark jerseys. Okay. Dang. So I, I was really hoping for some purple on yellow in this game. Yeah, I do hope they'll I hope they wear the yellow pants because Michigan went all blue as the two seed last year and Georgia smacked Ugh. them. So so they it might just, do the yellow pants. It just looks ugly. Like you're not on you're not on color rush Thursday night football. You don't you don't have to do that. Like you can you can use your own colors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I actually I think I say this on the on on the show sometimes. Like the two versus three really doesn't matter except for the color uniform that you wear uh, in yeah. the game. Um but uh, yeah, yeah, I took Michigan. So did you? Did you make the pick? Oh, I'm taking Michigan. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, you did. You did make the pick. Uh, we both have the two seed uh, Wolverines advancing to Los Angeles. I wonder if they just stay out on the West Coast if, if they win the game. Um, not like they're not like they're in class and can do it all remotely, even if they're not on break. But anyway, uh, the 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 eight o'clock game. This is the 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 Peach Bowl's traditional slot, actually, as it happens. The the New Year's Eve unopposed ESPN slot. Um, and, and actually this used to be an AC, a big top, big game for the ACC because it was, you know, this, that aforementioned unopposed television slot against an SEC opponent, you know, Virginia played it in a few times, uh, but Georgia will have a huge home field advantage against Ohio state. Um, you know, Vegas only has Georgia as I think that, yeah, six and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, Georgia's facing a really talented quarterback. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, if they ha- have played a quarterback of CJ Stroud's caliber this season, I'm, I'm really not thinking of it. Maybe Hooker. Bo Nix. Yeah. Hooker. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how I forgot about that, <laughs> but, but he didn't get voted to go to the Heisman. So how, how is he any good? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Stetson Bennett outclassed him in every yeah. way except for the statistics. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Bo Nix might be on that list, but I think Hooker is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. Bo Nix wasn't at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, anyway, you know, this is my point being. Will Levis? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> my point being that uh, that uh, Georgia is obviously the ground and pound salt the game away kind of like Michigan you know Stetson Bennett does what he needs to do but they rely on you know guys like Kenny McIntosh um uh god what uh, why am I blanking on, on Brand, you know, Branson Robinson's another guy um like Dejan, Dejan Edwards um they, they just rely on that ground game and you know they don't have as like flashy of a passing game and Ohio State is I think you know with CJ Stroud 37 touchdowns six interceptions um yeah, he's they're they're a team that you know Marvin Harrison Jr. 1157 yards, 12 touchdowns. They're a team that likes to to go through the air, um, and it's it's going to be on this Georgia secondary. I think is going to be the the part of the the defense that is going to have to play its best game uh, against Ohio State because you know it, it, Georgia for as hard as they beat most of the teams this year, and for as hard as they smacked Michigan last year, you know the defense isn't what it was last year. And I think they're they're playing a, a more talented offense than they did in this same round last year. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't buy Ohio State's offense. Um, I I like CJ Stroud's overall ceiling in the NFL. Uh, I don't think he's a great quarterback right now. I think his stats look pretty good, but they have played the literal nobody of nobodies. Um, that, that they face the same issue as as Michigan does. I mean, the I, I guess the benefit for them is they have the Notre Dame um, win on their record, but that that wasn't this Notre Dame. You know, that was a horrible Notre Dame um, that they still barely. You know, it, it was it was a dogfight to beat that Notre Dame. Um, you know, they had a close call kind of with Maryland, where if their linebacker doesn't go Super Saiyan, they might lose that game. Um, they had a big issue against Northwestern because of the wind. Um, I, I don't know, man. And then, of course, against Michigan, they just got absolutely dog walked. And I kind of expect that here, um, in a, even in a more literal sense. Um, I, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. This, this offense, no offense to Marvin Harrison Jr. He deserved to be in the Blitnikoff running. He, you know, certainly had a, had a, a, argument to win it the right guy won it but he had an argument to win it that they're they're not the same without jackson smith and jigba and they've missed him pretty much the entire season you could tell cj stroud just didn't have that as good as marvin harrison jr was he wasn't a guy you could just toss a ball up to and he's going to come down with it you have that put it pretty you know you have to put it near him he's made some fantastic catches this is not me railing against marvin harrison jr but I'm all I'm trying to say is CJ Stroud's safety net was Jackson Smith and Jigba and they've missed him the entire year. This is not the same offense. I don't think they have a particularly great ground game. CJ Stroud set, tends to panic and really hasn't had his best games the last month or so. Um, he's going to have the added pressure of really he's, he's playing for draft position still. Um, there's going to be that question of, is it him? Is it Bryce young for number one? Uh, this is his chance to maybe, maybe knock Bryce Young down to the second spot. But um, there's just going to be so much pressure on him. If one thing goes wrong, 
I think Ohio State crumbles, and against Georgia, something's going to go wrong. They're going to force something to go wrong. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it across the SEC all year. Um, the only only team that even stood close with them was with was Missouri, really, and that was, you know, more just a, a clash of styles than it was anything. Um, I, I believe all of Georgia players are, are playing. I haven't heard of anyone opting out. Um, so expect the, the Brock Bowers experience, expect Blake McConkey, um, expect, like you said, the, the, the full arsenal of running backs. Um, actually Eric Gilbert is transferring. So they're missing a tight end that never plays, although he's really athletic. Um, but they still got Darnell Washington. And I, I expect Darnell to have a little bit of a, a true coming out party on this stage. It, it just seems like this is the venue where a guy that, has so much athletic ability and talent maybe hasn't shown it all year gets overlooked in a game like this while they're so busy trying to focus on taking away Bowers the running game McConkey, all those guys this seems like the game that Darnell Washington breaks out to me I'm ready to make my pick I'm going to go ahead and make it I think Georgia covers I think Georgia probably wins this by two touchdowns or more yeah uh, no no opt-outs other than you know or transfers other than the aforementioned um, but dogs are a little bit banged up. Uh, they're not going to have Nolan Smith back. Uh, he he mm. got injured. Uh, he, he was out. He's out with that pec injury. Um, uh, D, uh, CJ Washington, uh, Andrew Paul, Dan Jackson. The, these guys aren't huge contributors, but they are, they are out for the game. Uh, Ernest Green, Drew Bobo have been ruled out as well. Um, and the two guys questionable, like kind of listed as questionable, kind of like an NFL injury report, are Lad McConkey and Warren McClendon, both with knee injuries they suffered in the SEC championship game. With that said, I don't see any way that those guys don't play. Um, so, you know, I think that might just be, they, they're a little bit banged up. So you have to report them as injured. Um, but yeah, I, with, you know, other than the players that have already been ruled out, I think everyone else on the injury report is going to play. Um, and I, I think Georgia wins this ball game too. Um, I, I obviously I'm going to pick the dogs. Um, I'm not sure what the margin is going to be. I don't think it's going to be a, a dog walk. Like you said, it's because given what, how I've seen this team's defense kind of go to sleep at, at points in, 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 in the season, but um, I, yeah, George is going to win, advance the championship, and we're going to have a, a Georgia-Michigan rematch. All I can say is I, I've seen Ohio State in these games before. I don't give a shit what Georgia is is going to do. I've seen Ohio State on this stage, <laughs> and they get the crap beat out of them on a, a routine basis. Yeah, only only exception was the first year of the playoff in uh, in 2014. Uh, that was the uh, when they beat Alabama and then went on to win the championship. But it's been it's been nothing but shit for Ohio State, which is which is fine with me since yeah. then. <laughs> they, they have to stop getting like a default head nod of they deserve to be here eventually, <laughs> right? Or is or it, does that not go away as long as Kirk Herbstreit is calling the shots? Yeah, I, yeah, I think the latter. I think yeah. the latter. Anyway, um, we're gonna roll on back to to Friday now, and we'll kind of we'll just make some some rap, more rapid fire picks of bowl games coming up. Starting with, of course, uh, Maryland and NC State in the, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Who, who's getting the Mayo bath? Is it gonna be Dave Doran or is it gonna be Mike Loxley? Uh, Mike Loxley. Um, uh, as as much as I'm sure Dave Duran would cherish nothing more than a Mayo bath picture for his uh, urinal stall, um, I, I think Loxley's got him beat on this one. It, it's it's going to be a close game. NC State's a one-point favorite. They should have the crowd. Um, but I, NC State fans just don't do it for me either. No offense <laughs> to the NC State fans out there. I've been to your games. And unless there's a Thursday night, you know, Carter-Finley magic type of atmosphere, you guys suck. 
<laughs> yeah, no, you're not 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 wrong about that. I'm still picking NC State because, yeah, I'm, they're picking my alma mater in a, in a bowl game. I'm not I'm not I'm not crazy. Like you know, I'm just I'm I'm somewhat of a normal human human being. Um, anyway, the uh, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, number eighteen UCLA and Pitt. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like I like the Bruins here. Me too. Uh, yeah, I, I like a dual threat quarterback versus a one dimensional quarterback usually does it for me, but Israel Abani Kanda, the running back for Pitt is a guy to watch out for. He's had a phenomenal season. Yeah. This could, this could be a, could be a lot of long runs in this ball game. Notre Dame and South Carolina in the Gator bowl. Ooh, man. This is an unbelievable toss up for me. Um, popcorn popping. If we, if we get the last two weeks of the season, South Carolina, this this one's probably not very close, and it's going to be a South Carolina game. Um, Spencer Rattler, this is his big audition for the NFL, basically. Um, he had a good last two weeks. If he does really well here, he probably just goes to the NFL. And in that sense, I'm probably pulling for him a little bit because I, I don't know what they're going to do next year without Spencer Rattler. They barely kept it together with him this year. I, I can't imagine what happens to South Carolina next year without him. Um, it's it's man, this is such an interesting game. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. Probably one of my most uh, look forward to games for me, just because it is. I I do not know how to diagnose this matchup. That being said, I I'm gonna take the SEC team and the way South Carolina has been playing, and I'm gonna assume that they can carry that into this this game. I'm gonna take South Carolina in a squeaker. I don't think it's gonna be close either way. I mean, I, mean, I think it, it I think it is going to be close yeah. regardless. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Notre Dame. I, I like their defense. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and just just I think they I don't know they they lost to Marshall, and I think if Marshall beat them and they beat South Carolina, then it'd be cool if Marshall was better than South Carolina. I don't know, I'm just making shit up as I go, but I am picking the Irish. Um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll save the uh, we'll save the Orange Bowl for for last. Um, I'll, I'll always save that for my my last picks. We might have a we might have a couple more things to say about it, but Alabama Kansas State. First game on New Year's Eve at noon. Um, I, I think I tipped my hand earlier in this one. I'm picking Bama big in this one. Uh, Kansas State, kind of, kind of out of nowhere, kind of coming at number nine. But yeah, even with Bama kind of being a little bit disinterested, I still think they'll win. I really like this Kansas State team, and every season there is a bowl team that comes out of nowhere that you just don't expect an RKO out of nowhere. To me, this is an RKSU out of nowhere. I'm I'm taking Kansas State to beat Alabama, um, regardless of the fact that Bryce Young and Will Anderson have opted back in for this game. They've not declared for the draft until after this game. Um, something about it, man. I mean, I, I, Alabama's going to have the home field advantage too. This is in the Superdome. This is in New Orleans. This is you know close to home, a venue they've played in plenty of times. I think this is a letdown for Alabama, though. I don't know if they're going to have the fans on the road. You can get into this game for seventeen dollars. I, I I just don't think there's going to be a huge atmosphere. I don't think Alabama is going to be ready to play this game. I think they're probably going to be licking their wounds from just missing the playoffs. Kansas State coming off that big win against TCU. I don't know, man. I I'm going I'm going with Kansas State. And more, more power to you. It's, it's, this is what makes bowl season great. Sometimes there are surprise indies such as that. Um, you know, just I mean, you, 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 get, a team, you that, get a team you just don't expect. Remember that year that Oklahoma just bent Alabama over a railing? 
Like it, it has that feeling to me. Yeah. No, it, it, like, it could happen. It could happen. Like, this is, it's just what happens when Bama doesn't make the playoffs and get their way. They just have like a, a tantrum in the locker room for a month and then lose the, lose the bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we picked, let's see, we picked the, uh, we picked the semifinals. Uh, we, we, we announced we were not picking the Iowa-Kentucky game that will be going on at the same time as that Kansas State game. Um, but so no one's watching it. Yeah, Mississippi State and Illinois. Um, I, I don't. Oh man, I'm, this this is easy for me. I mean, this is going to be. This, there's no way Mississippi State loses this game, right? With with, yeah. with the emotion surrounding it. I mean, yeah, for Mike Leach, the, the the pirate in a pirate ship to sail off into the sunset. I mean, about as perfect as it can get. Yes, yes. <laughs> Did not need not, not not a whole lot of analysis needed. I really, and that's what I hope. Yeah, you know, I'm not super. I don't get wrapped up in how right my picks are on this show but that's one i really really hope we get right it's an it's an emotional pick but emotions have a place in in football it it does drive some things yeah uh tulane and usc in the cotton bowl we 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 more or less picked this one earlier i think i think we yeah. both like the trojans here um, yeah. i like lsu a lot in, in the citrus bowl um, i don't know if you differ there uh, I do too, but it's a it's a different thing uh, with Keishon Bootsy uh, declaring for the draft yesterday after saying he wasn't going to. So kind of came out of left field and about you know what is this uh, four days before the bowl game the guy just declares for the draft. Um, so their their best receiver will not be playing. Um, so Purdue definitely gets a little bit of a. I bet the line moves a little bit closer to Purdue. It's sitting at fourteen and a half for LSU right now, um, but I, I'm still taking LSU. They got hosed by georgia but they still scored more on georgia than anybody else has this year so that's got to count for something in a game like this yeah he would have been mike leach's favorite player too just given how much pirates like booty exactly i mean just it just sets up perfectly and then the last the last one the last game that will be played before the cfb championship a week later is penn state and utah in the rose bowl um i, I like both these programs i think i like both these teams got a lot of respect got connections to each program. Like I've explained a lot on this show. Uh, this, 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 I just hope this is an exhibition of really good football because it's like I said before, it's kind of the game that the game that links us back to the, the, the good old days of college football. And um, I, I like Penn state. I just tossed a virtual coin in my head and I, I picked Penn state. Um, fuck James Franklin. Uh, this game's in Pasadena, California. I think that hurts Penn state as far as, traveling contingency um and i'm a sucker for cam bad moon rising so i'm gonna take the utes and i'm gonna follow the way of the other side of your family um and go with the utes man <laughs> these two utes these two the utes. utes yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure nalini and jack have booked their tickets for uh for, for for Pasadena, they're they're going to be paying it up and just just railing. railing. No, they have no. I bet they have no idea this game's even happening. These, <laughs> I, tickets, I was... <laughs> these tickets are a hundred bucks. Ooh, that's that's. I wonder if it's just because with all the pageantry surrounding the, the parade and like whatnot, you know, they, they just they just sell more tickets because of that. Maybe or yeah. maybe it's the only thing to do in California on January second. <laughs> 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 well, I know other things you can do in California that involve other types of the right hash but you know maybe maybe they'll be present at this game (laughs) Um, but there's our uh, there's our slim sweets indies of the week really indies of indies of bowl season we've we've man that was a that was a a fat bowl pack of of college football talk here in the in the first and second quarters and 
I was, it's really, really, really good scheduling. You know, there's kind of that pre-Christmas wave and then this post-Christmas wave heading into, uh, heading into New Year's Eve when the semifinals happen. And, um, you know, the, I, I, I know, I know that there's been a debate over, you know, should the finals be on a Saturday? Should the finals be on a Monday? And, you know, we still get the Monday this year. So, uh, you know, it looks like, it looks like, I guess whoever loses the game, uh, on uh, on January second and on January 9th is going to be having a case of the Tuesdays. Yeah, I, I was I was going to make the joke, so I'm glad you took the bullet there. <laughs> I was um, like, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly though, this is our last chance to vomit college football all over our listeners until August. Um, I, we're obviously going to talk about the CFP championship game, but really the next time we talk, that would be the only game in town and uh, we'll be fully into NFL slash NBA slash NHL slash eventual MLB seasons and college, college football is almost over. So enjoy it while, while it's here, folks. And uh, don't, don't forget uh, as the horn sounds on quarter number two and wraps up the first half of the show, don't forget the right hosh coming at you uh, in a few days from now. Uh, we're still still trying to link up with Rob Jordan pulling his his passed out body out of uh, the River Mercy uh, over over across the pond in England. Just I think that's where he ended up uh, after after the three lions fell to to France in the World Cup quarterfinals. And he's, I think, he's I think coming that, home. Yeah, he is coming home. I think they pumped his chest and, you know, they did that thing where the water spouts out of his mouth and he's like, oh, OK, I'm alive. Um, so Rob, uh, Rob, if you're out there where we got, we're, we're going to be doing a soccer show, uh, the right hosh, uh, react to the world cup, get ready for the premiership to really ramp back up. I know every team has played one game now. Um, so that's, that's sort of our halftime spiel here on the right hash, but back to, back to American football. And, uh, we'll start out our NFL, uh, NFL talk here. I know we normally do this kind of in the fourth quarter before the picks, but it is championship week. Halftime is over. Let's get back to the show. Third quarter action straight ahead, right here on the right hash. It is championship week in the right hash fantasy football league for all the marbles. And Alex, two people you are very close to battling it out for supremacy. I mean, there's no other word for it, right? Hash supremacy. Yeah. And really a clash of, of teams. We've had Nicole, who's been the steady number one in the league, pretty much. I mean, pretty much chalked it from the beginning, only lost three games all season. And you have my uncle who came storming back um, to to edge himself in with eight an eight and seven record, I believe, an eight and six record um, to get into the playoffs amongst the pack. Uh, just had a better scoring year than some of the other uh, teams in his, you know, bracket. I, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, he 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 made it in. You know, he's made some some heady waiver wire additions that have, uh, you know gone his way every single week um he he's got your favorite guy to pick up in any league which is travis kelsey so he's he's rode kelsey to the top um he, he's got one of those rosters that when you look at it it doesn't look particularly overwhelming but it's all guys who consistently put up good ppr numbers and i mean you have a, a down year from a down game from zay jones here and there but in a PPR format, he's getting you eight, nine, ten games with the, you know, potential for a three touchdown blow up like he seems to have once a month or so. Also got T. Higgins, who, uh, you know, was really good for him. He he was the the winner of the Justin Fields sweepstakes when uh, when he finally blew up. Um, so he's he's just kind of made do with what he has. Played the waivers really well. Um, contrast that with 
Nicole, who just has, you know, really pretty much everyone that she started the season with is who she's running with. And she's even going off of the backup kicker and backup defense strategy, um, which I, I guess has worked for her this year as well. Um, just a, a, a really solid group, even winning with a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones in the lineup who, you know, since Deshaun Watson's come back has been one of his favorite targets. Um, Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley are going to win you a lot of games uh, anyway. Um, so uh, a, a really interesting clash because it, neither one of these teams are like particularly loaded. You know what I'm saying? They're not like super teams. They're, yeah. they're just two players that have played matchups really well, made some really good pickups here and there. Um, you know, I, I don't even know if we had a trade in the league this year, but um, I'm, I mean, you know, Nicole stashed away Chris Olave uh you know has not done a good job managing the defenses and um I, i'm i'm gonna actually be paying attention to this to this matchup because it, it's a very interesting matchup this week between them i mean you know nicole playing denver's defense against kansas city over dallas's defense against tennessee is is that's a choice i'll say that's a choice uh, i think by the time we post this show she'll have about six hours or so to to, to make that change but Going into the fantasy championship with with that is is a choice. And um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, is a good play this week against Washington. A Washington secondary, it's been a little bit banged up. Cam Curl is questionable. Ben St. Juice, his ankle has been bothering him. Look out for Donovan Peoples-Jones this weekend. So I, th- I think that might be a smart play over somebody like Michael Gallup or Alan Lazard. And uh, the, the Justin Herbert to Austin Eckler connection, there's those dump-offs where Eckler takes it however long for touchdowns, like, or, or long plays, that's a, that's a really, really hard combo to beat in fantasy football this year. Well, I managed to lose with it, so it's not <laughs> hard. Uh, never, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> unless, you host a po- unless you host a podcast about football and occasionally marijuana, uh, then hey, it's really to, hard to lose. To be fair, though, that combo did drag me from one and six into the playoffs, so I have to give them credit for that. Uh, <laughs> they, they just didn't do anything for me two weeks ago. They, they had their worst game of the season. Um, then, of course, in the next week, I was in the playoffs in another league. The guy has the Herbert Eckler stack, and it goes for like 60 points. And I was just like, oh, of, of, of course. Of course you give me 20 combined in the week that I need you. And the week I play against it, it goes for 60. Of course. Well, good luck to everybody. That, that's fantasy football for you. Yeah, well, good. I should, I should say thank you for, to everybody who joined the league. Uh, yes. Good luck to everyone who still has a game. Um, you know, we got Mike Barlow and Alex Roth playing for third. Um, and then I didn't even make the consolation. So, you know, it's, you nope. got for fifth place, it's you versus Armand and then uh, Lion Kings, Connor versus Carlos. So, and I've just been kind of chilling here watching from the sidelines. And uh reminder, the, the winner of this will get around a $50 compensation gift card or whatever of their choice. So um, a free league that you actually get to win something in and not like a stupid, you know, wristband or like a can koozie or something like that like and all i got was this lousy (laughs) t-shirt i mean yes most places don't even step it up to a t-shirt so uh, actually actually it's not a bad idea we should just be just have a shirt and be like i won the right hash fantasy league and all i got was this lousy (laughs) t-shirt all right you you get that printed up we'll include it in the package (laughs) just like back city well anyway uh so that's 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 for all the marvels this week uh uncle keith versus nicole May, may the best fantasy football team win um and now on to 
gridiron football. They're, they're, they're men who actually play the games that make, make this, this league possible. And we'll start right off with, with your team, Alex. Um, there, there's, they, they looked like they were left for dead. I remember you saying something about resting Trevor Lawrence for the rest of the season. Um, and now it, there's a chance and, and a not insignificant chance that you guys could actually win this division. And, you know, a lot of that starts with tonight's matchup. Uh, well, actually, really, it doesn't it, because you still play the Titans. But um, you guys can, I think, as I understand it, win out and win the division because you you just jumped them on record. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we already have the head-to-head. So right, right now, if you look at standings, we, we are leading the AFC South. Um, and it's just it, – it, it couldn't have gone a worse way for Tennessee down the stretch. I mean, losing Tannehill for the – I think the rest of the season, it, it sounds like they're not sure, but it sounds like, um, you know, if, if they lose to the Cowboys, it's pretty much all but done. Um, they would have the hope that we lose to the Texans and then lose to them head to head as well. That would be their only way in um, if they lose to the Cowboys. So uh, a big game for them coming up this week as well. Um, the Texans have been the kryptonite for the Jags for like the last four or five years though. And it's been, it's been bizarre to see. Like, I understood it when Deshaun Watson was playing. I understood it then. But I haven't understood it since Davis Mills has been the quarterback. And that's not a shot at Davis Mills, but they've got, like, three guys. They have Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks, and now Damian Pierce. And that's – we've been losing to that. And um, I, I, I think we have a little bit of a different Jaguars team now. The, the, this is kind of like the, the, the final boss, which is so weird to say, but – You've made it through. I mean, you've beaten good teams. You beat the Cowboys. You beat the Chargers. You beat the Ravens this year. Um, you know, you've beaten real. You've beaten playoff teams this season. The last step is to get over your own mental hurdle, which, fortunately or unfortunately, is the Houston Texans. And if the Jags are able to win this game, it all but cements them in the AFC South because I just don't see how the Titans come back and beat the Jags in Jacksonville with Malik Willis at quarterback and no offense to Malik Willis, but he's, he's not ready yet. He was raw when he was drafted and he's really raw still got a lot of potential. Um, and this is good minutes for him to have, but he's really raw. And if, you know, the stars align for Jacksonville and Ryan Tannehill plays, there's absolutely no chance that the Titans have to, to win the division. Um, so it's an exciting thing to be sitting here as a Jaguars fan. And, you know, we're, we're looking at a likely nine and eight season after having the number one pick two years in a row. And uh, a, a lot of it is because of Doug Peterson He's done a fantastic job, just keeping this team together, keeping it with, you know, the goal in mind, letting everyone know, I mean, you know, worst comes to worst. This is just a season of football. We're getting better. It's going to be here next year. Trevor Lawrence, when he lost to Denver had to really take a look at himself. And since then, he's been one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, he's been playing fairly mistake-free football. He fumbles a little bit too much for me still, but he's really cut down on his interceptions. Um, the interceptions that he throws now are a little bit more acceptable interceptions, if that makes sense. Like, they're, they're just good plays by the defensive backs. And, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if we're – I think we'll pick these in the next segment, but um, – to me, on paper, this one just looks pretty obvious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll 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 push the push the real the real picks to to the fourth quarter. Uh, but for the Jaguars, how do you think the loss of Cam Robinson affects what this offense can do? 
it's it's certainly big um mainly because it just takes our our kind of swiss army knife guy of walker little who can play both right tackle and left tackle it takes that away from him um he has to play left tackle now we don't have a guy to fill in when Jawan and Jawan taylor got hurt in that same game he came back he played last week looked fine but where there's smoke there's fire with offensive lineman injuries typically something something else is going to happen and it might re-aggravate that we had a uh, uh brandon sheriff go down early in the jet in the jets game he came back in and uh what was huge in helping us solidify that win keep it out of reach of the jets um but it's just not a what a lot of the jags problems last year stemmed from the offensive line trevor lawrence didn't play well at all the rest of the team didn't play well at all but one of the big noticeable differences between even earlier this season and now is that Trevor Lawrence is not being pressured nearly as much as he had been from the beginning of his career. That helps a young quarterback. Obviously, obviously O-line helps a quarterback. Um, it's why we all thought the, the Bengals would do a little bit more to help Joe Burrow out in Cincinnati. And so far it's not been an issue, but when you start playing better teams consistently, I'll bet dollars to donuts. That's going to be a huge issue for the Bengals uh, in the playoffs. Um, but the, the Jaguars shorted up. They, you know, signed Cam Robinson. We're looking at, do we sign Jawan Taylor to what he wants in the off season? Probably so could probably do better, but he's shown a lot of improvement. He knows the system. Maybe we keep him. Um, so I, I, I love what the O-line has done and the O-line is not getting enough credit in my mind. You know what we talk about the defensive line, we talk about, how the defense has, you know, made this stride to just be a good defense and it's ball hawking and making the plays when they need to. We talk about the wide receivers. We talk about Evan Ingram. No one talks about our offensive line and it, it needs to be talked about. Um, and that great point that you brought up there with, with Cam Robinson, I do think it is going to be noticeable, but Walker Little, thankfully, has had experience at both tackle spots for us. And he played really well against the Jets, a Jets defensive line that you do not want to play against, mind you. I think I don't think that someone who plays offensive line should be allowed to be named Little. That just doesn't make any sense. But what about Walker? <laughs> Walker kind of offsets that to me. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, actually, you want ready for a little bit of right hash breaking news? Dropped during right now, live on the episode. Josh Dobbs is going to be the starter for Tennessee tonight. Let's Tennessee Titans. That is the Tennessee Titans. So no Malik Willis. I don't know what the reasoning is, but Adam Schefter just revealing that Josh Dobbs is now expected to make his start. So now does that, you know, that might influence things in week 18 too. You know, that does that make this game easier? Does that make this game more difficult for the Jaguars? You know, that's just, that's on the fly news here that involves Uh, your division. More difficult. Um, We're obviously going to see tonight, but Josh Dobbs has not been given a chance yet he's had a couple of drives here and there he had a pretty decent drive or two for the Steelers um against the Panthers a couple of years ago but he's just always been in the wrong place at the wrong time wherever he gets traded to they uh, they immediately pick up some sort of quarterback help whereas where he just left all of a sudden needs a quarterback and it happened between Pittsburgh and Jacksonville like two or three times in a in a year span uh, where he got traded to Jacksonville we discovered Gardner Minshew Dobbs never played. They traded Dobbs up to Pittsburgh. They were just a loaded room. And right before they traded him out, Dwayne Haskins had his unfortunate um, passing. Um, 
uh, who Mason Rudolph was just off of his game, awful. Josh Dobbs would have had a chance to to start there, but he got picked up by the Browns 24 hours earlier because they put him to, to waivers. Um, and of course, then they signed Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson. He doesn't have a chance to play there unless Jacoby gets hurt, um, even though he played phenomenally in the preseason for them. So back in Tennessee, I'm excited for him now. I mean, I'm obviously not wanting them to win games, but I want Josh Dobbs to look really good because I, I think I think he has a I think he has a place in this NFL. And if Marcus Mariota can still be playing, Josh Dobbs should be playing. Yeah, I was, that was I was I was uh, I was really I just had refreshed my Twitter and I saw that and I was like, we ju- we literally just talked about Malik Willis on this on this show and lo and behold, Adam Schefter must be listening into this this recording because he was like, wait a minute, he's not even going to be playing tonight. Uh, so I yeah I don't I don't know if that's you know when we make our picks I don't know if that's going to change who I end up picking in this game, um, but. Uh, that's that's another little bit of AFC AFC South getting a lot of love here on the right hash. This is why this is why we do this show because we're not just talking about the same shit that ESPN talks about. We're we are going deep into the AFC South, the the one of the most maligned divisions in the NFL. And I just I I, I enjoy I enjoy that. You know I enjoy enjoy just talking about the things that people don't always talk about. Um, but it's it, it's going to be going to be. Cool to see this this all division kind of rock paper scissors here at the end of the year with uh, Jacksonville, Houston, and Tennessee. Um, so that's just that's I, I wonder if Tennessee Jacksonville is going to be good enough to be the Sunday night game uh, in the last the last week. Probably because they flexed at the the one of the other games next week that was in contention was the Ravens game, but they flexed the Ravens to Sunday night this week. So there's pretty much no way. I see them having the Ravens back-to-back Sunday nights. Um, so as long as, as long as the favorites in the Titans and the Jaguars games respectively win, I I fully expect the AFC South on the line to be the Sunday night football game next week. Uh, that would be that would be hilarious just to hear people complain about that and be like, why is this game? Why is it this game? Like, well, like... the Jags haven't been on Sunday night football in over a decade. Holy shit. I didn't even know that. I mean, the Thursday was the first primetime game we've won since like 2009. <laughs> God, these are just these are just nuggets, just nuggets, nugs that you never get. You don't, don't get these that, on other shows, man. I don't understand how that 2017 team didn't wind up on a Monday night or Sunday night football, though, because that was an, an actually good, really good team. Yeah. Well, Should have been a just... Super Bowl team. I just yawned there for a second. Just I don't know why my, t- my team must be wearing off. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about the Jags, so that's another uh, reaction. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, my, you know, my, my team, my team is also. If the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. But you know, the season doesn't end today. Two winnable games for different reasons for the Washington Commanders. I think to hear the at the end of the year, regardless of who plays at quarterback, you've got the Browns, who I think have a lot of talent on offense and. Uh, I, our run defense is going to have to bring it to a game on Sunday uh, for us to, to, to win that game. Um, but Dallas could be resting players, you know, Philadelphia wins against the saints this week, which I think they should, regardless of who plays quarterback. Um, then they wrap up the division. Dallas wraps up the five seed. Uh, the giants can clinch the sixth seed with a win against the Colts this week. Uh, and the Colts are actively trying to lose games. So I don't, I don't see how they don't win that game. So uh, Washington, is gonna if they still control their own destiny if they win out they they get the seventh seed um but 
it, it it's just it's gonna be it's just weird to see Carson Wentz back. You know, you get the sense that this is what Ron Rivera always wanted, um, and especially with the resources they have committed to him this season, it's just. I'm I'm at the point where it's just like get us to the playoffs and whatever the fuck happens happens because nobody thought we were going to go to the playoffs this year and we we still do have a realistic chance regardless of how the last few games have gone. Uh, but yeah, I, I never I never thought we had a chance against San Francisco and uh, no. the inevitability of George Kittle was was on full display as just so often Washington just gets boned by those star players and George Kittle had a George Kittle type game which was admittedly very fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, pick your poison with their offense. It's not particularly explosive, but it's so hard to cover Kittle and Christian McCaffrey in the same game. Um, I think they did a, a fairly good job of just keeping McCaffrey at bay. It, you could tell that that's the way Washington said that they were going to play. We're just going to stop McCaffrey, make Brock Pur- Purdy beat us. And he, he did sort of, but – really it was a lot of yards after the catch for, for George Kittle. Um, obviously that, that long touchdown pass at the end, um, shit, that could have been caught by two 49ers at, at that point. I think um, it, it just kind of a busted coverage there on a couple of accounts, but um, I thought Washington played pretty well in that game. All things considered. Um, I, I'm not sure to switch to Carson Wentz is what was needed. Uh, I'm not sure that's what the issue was. The issue uh, was San Francisco's defensive line is absolutely disgusting. And I, I don't care what quarterback you threw out there. Most of them were not going to succeed under those conditions. Um, I thought Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin played really, really well. Uh, Washington really needs two things in the soft season. They need to find an actual quarterback and they need to find a reliable game to game is not out much tight end. Those two things are hurting the commanders a lot right now is they don't have a consistent quarterback that plays mistake-free football often, and they don't have that tight end that you can just go to when you need to. And if if you have questions at quarterback, you have to have that safety blanket tight end. And the big thing that's hurt Washington this year, in my opinion, on offense, is they don't have either one of those things. Um, and they're still somehow right here in the playoff hunt. And that's a credit to their, their defense. It's a credit to the, the star players on the outside who have seemingly dragged this team into contention. Um, it's a credit to coaching. I know that there's a lot of, you know, it seems week to week. We hate Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is the best coach ever. We hate Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron strikes again. You know, it seems like there's such a, an up and down with the feeling on Ron Rivera if people just kind of paused and look at the entire body of work, realized he has this team in the playoffs right now. I, it, I, I think you'd be a little bit oblivious to how football works. If you didn't say that Ron Rivera is doing a good job, they could do better with their offensive roster management. That's for damn sure. But with what he has to have this team where it is, is a really good coaching job in my opinion. Yeah. I think Logan Thomas is really he, he, not that he came back before he was ready, but he's really, he's not the same player after that torn ACL last year. And he's been banged up with other injuries this year too, which is a shame to see. Uh, yeah. Armani, Armani Rogers, uh, the rookie from Ohio, who, who used to play quarterback actually uh, for, for a little bit, kind of in the mold of Logan Thomas, 
Uh, he was a really, really integral part of this offense in the first half of the season before getting injured. Um, and he, he's not going to be that Travis Kelsey type that you're always going to be able to go to, but he is, he is a more like a versatile athletic tight end. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you're spot on with that. John Bates has, he's one of the best blockers in the game, but one of the best blocking tight ends, I think in the NFL, but he's, he's not the reliable pass catcher that you need uh, in, in that position when you have a not pro bowl quarterback and Washington hasn't a pro bowl quarterback since Dude. God knows when. So it just came to me, but I would love to see Washington pursue Mike Gesicki in the off season. Oh, I'd love that. I would love that. Um, that uh, of, yeah, course he, with the, of course, with a quarterback, I, I still am very set on, they don't have a quarterback that can. Yeah. Yeah. Right but now. that's, a, that's a guy who's, you know, kind of being phased out in this current situation. Guy's exactly. Going to have an, I think is going to have a new home next year. Uh, Absolutely. will. I think I don't think they're yeah. going to pay him and I, I don't know how much he'll cost, but he's not going to cost a ton and he's certainly better than what they use him for right now. So it's like, it's a situation you can definitely take advantage of, I think. Yeah. And the primary off season uh, need um, yeah, outside of, well, I, I should say the primary in-house need um, in terms of players we need to keep on the roster and pay is Deron Payne. Uh, yeah. so I, that's just, that's like just universally understood among the fan base. It's like we are going to pay Deron Payne and we're going to have to do what we need to do to make that possible. So Gasicki is a guy that could be a little bit too expensive when it shakes out, but he's definitely somebody that we need to do our homework on. And also another note, as we come down the stretch, Washington finally got Chase Young back against San Francisco. Um, obviously more of a, a tune-up game for him, first action this entire season, really, uh, coming back. I thought it, he was noticeable around the field. Definitely wasn't back to full Chase Young yet, but um, that, that's a huge factor for them going into these last two games as well. Um, you know, with, with the Browns, r- really the only way they beat you is if Deshaun Watson gets out of the pocket and, and starts running around, which he hasn't done a whole lot. Chase Young helps nullify that some. Um, and then the Cowboys. Um, they've been, you know, banged up across the offense here and there. Chase Young plays really good, uh, sound run, uh, uh, run defense as well, which I think is overlooked in his, his tool belt, um, which you absolutely have to have versus the Cowboys versus their, their two headed monster. So I, I think getting Chase Young back, maybe just a little bit of the, the push up that Washington needed to, maintain their playoff spot still a lot to ask in these last two games because the the margin is razor thin one loss and you're probably out at this point um maybe not maybe not but probably um and having chase young back just really helps get any bit of extra edge that you need towards the end of this season an interesting development for sunday brown starting left tackle jedrick willis has missed practice twice now this week with a back injury. So that, no, that could, no. be, could be an advantage for Washington against a, 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 you know, and Chase Young is great against the run too. He is really, really good against the run for all he gets talked about as, as a pass rusher. Um, so that that's, that's somebody, you know, he could have a bigger impact as a run stopper against Cleveland than, than he could as a pass rusher. I, I think, you know, given how mobile Deshaun Watson is. I mean, and C- Cleveland's not had a good run game the last four or five weeks at, Ask me how I know I'm a Nick Chubb uh, fantasy owner um, <laughs> who, who has lost several leagues because of it. Um, but, you know, you take the good with the bad. Kareem Hunt's got a little bit more run. But, yeah, that, that's what I was just saying. You know, I, I was focused mainly on the Cowboys, but you're right. Um, the, the running backs for Cleveland are also really 
really good. Um, so you really have three runners to stop in Cleveland, Deshaun and both running backs. Um, and Ch- Chase Young, it's just a, a, a not talked about portion of his tool belt. Um, his, his run defense is is really good. I, I I hope he can get up to Chase Young speed before that Dallas game. It, it's not easy. Just you, you don't just play a game and you're up to speed for the rest of the right. Of the year. Yeah, like, that's what people don't it, realize. It, it still takes a little while. I thought he looked fine. You know, I, there wasn't anything that looked off. He just he he wasn't the wrecking ball he is when he's fully healthy uh, and and fully ramped up. So hopefully he can knock all the residual rust off against Cleveland and be. 100% ready for that Dallas game. And hopefully that Dallas game means something when you get to it. Yeah. That, that, I'm hoping that game is in the 420 plus five TV slot, because that would mean it is a meaningful game. Um, so yeah, next exactly. Sunday, uh, the, all those decisions will come on Monday. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really, really wild last couple it, of weeks. The, the, the Vikings and the Panthers did you a big service over this last week though. They so, did. Uh, they, they did. They, they gave you your breathing room back. Yep. Um, just, I need the Packers to go away. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, that would be nice. Um, we do, we did beat them, but um, he would like the Packers to go away as, uh, as the horn sounds on. They play the Vikings three. and the Lions in their last two games. So yeah. I, li- I like their chances of losing at least one of those. Yeah. B- big game, big game. We'll pick this one here in a few minutes. Big game in the 420 plus five slot this week with the Vikings and Packers. Vikings going into Lambo. That's always, that's always a lot of fun. Three down, one to go. We go to the fourth quarter. Right here on the right hash. Quick note before we get into some of the other um, prognostication. Uh, shout out to uh, the career of J.J. Watt. Um, cut far too short, in my opinion, just with his, you know, nagging injuries across his career. But clearly one of the best pass rushers we've ever seen, ever, in, in this game. And it's it, it's kind of sad to think about what his numbers could have been had he not had the injury issues that he did. Um, but uh, announcing his retirement earlier this week, uh, there were some people who thought he might move and go play for a contender, but it sounds like he's just ready to step away from football. Um, and if I had to listen to halftime motivational speeches from a baseball player, I might move on too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think JJ Watt is going to be a natural for TV if he chooses to go yes. that route. Um, but that was the most JJ Watt way to, to announce your retirement. Just, this is what I'm like tweeting about it the day of a game. Like, Hey guys, I'm quitting after this year. No, no big tour, no big fanfare. Just, Hey, I'm going to go hang out with my family now. Like that's, that's what, that's what it's, what it's all about. He's got a Uh, great social media presence and I I can see him winding up in the Pat McAfee basket. Yeah. And this, I mean, remember this was a guy who basically donated all his money to the hurricane Harvey relief fund to be man of the year. Like this is a guy who's going to do some really, really awesome, amazing things in his post football life. And even his, even if he goes into broadcasting, he's still going to still going to be doing really awesome things. That's just, that's just, he's going to be just a great ambassador for, for the league um, and just for the sport of football. I've really never met anyone that had a problem with JJ Watt, except unless you played offensive line against him, maybe you had some issues, (laughs) but you know, I just, he's just one of the good guys in the NFL. It just really, really is. And uh, glad that he gets to go out on his own accord. You know, he's not forced out with another career ending injury. Um, but man, I, I wish I could have seen that guy win something of note. Yeah. Um, remember, remember he started at central Michigan university. Yep. Uh, he had a Put scholarship. Jones. Yep. And while, you know, he actually decided he gave up a scholarship so he could go play at, at, at Wisconsin and, you know, ended up walking on and the rest, as they say, 
is history here. He literally um, paid to get away from Butch Jones, which yeah. a lot of us <laughs> have done. So um, that, there's he there's knew something. That. He knew something. He knew something before anyone at Tennessee knew anything. We we should we should have read the smoke signals. <laughs> they were there the whole time. <laughs> the writing on the wall. Well, here uh, our picks now. Uh, we, we we will pick the Thursday game just because this will be this will be up in the afternoon with plenty of hours before the game. Um, but Cowboys and Titans in Nashville. Josh Dobbs has mentioned getting the start. Um, I, I, I said this wasn't going to change who I picked, and it's still not because you guys know this by now. I don't pick the fucking Cowboys in games, even if they're they are a thirteen and a half point favorite though, which that's a lot for for an NFL game of, of really yeah. any kind. I mean. That's a lot, but the, but the 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 Chiefs aren't even favored by that much over the Broncos. Oh, that's that's wild to me. And the game's in Kansas City, so yeah, yeah. I'm I don't care. I'm still picking the picking the the, the Titans because fuck the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I I wish I could be the same as you, but I'm gonna pick who I actually think is gonna win this game. There's, <laughs> there's pretty much no doubt in my mind that the Cowboys, even if they play horribly, that there's no way they can lose to the Titans. There's there is basically no way they can lose. Unless they let Derrick Henry go for like, unless Derrick Henry has a Jacksonville game, 200 yards, four touchdowns, that, that might be enough. It might be, it probably still not. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys hoping that Josh Dobbs, I mean, he's probably going to have a career day regardless in the NFL, but hoping that he has a good career day against Dallas. That that's the hope. I still hope they lose though. (laughs) Uh, Next game that, I think is worth picking here. Just scrolling down is the dolphins at the Patriots eight and seven versus seven and eight dolphins are reeling to it in the concussion protocol. Again, um, man, they're really things going to hell in a handbasket there in Miami. And well, the, the quarterback situation in new England, isn't really that much better. I just, is it going to be zappy out? When's it going to be zappy hour again? I just, uh, I don't, I think they're just going to ride with Mac the rest of the way, unless yeah. Mac gets hurt. I mean, yeah, well, I think that, kind of influences my pick. I think I'm going to pick the Dolphins here just for some weird reason. I just I, – and here's why. Because I picked up Mac Jones at the end of fantasy football season, and he didn't do anything for me, which I know I shouldn't have expected Mac Jones to do anything more, but he was the best of a bad bunch. And I'm not going to pick him to win this game as a well, result. Well, the, Pat- so. the Patriots picked him in in real life fantasy, and he hasn't done anything for them either. So uh, you and Bill Belichick are on the same line. Well, at least uh, no, I was going to make a Robert Kraft joke. I'll let it go. Yeah, just massage that one away. Uh, (laughs) If the Dolphins get more than one play out of Teddy Bridgewater, I think they've got a good chance. Uh, If they have to go back down to – oh, what was old boy's name? He he, he played the game that Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of. I forget his name. Skyler – Thompson, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. How do you? How did you forget that? No, but because I, I was like, I know his name is similar to mine, so I'm stuck on Alex something. <laughs> Skyler, and it clicked. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's in Foxborough. It's going to be a little bit colder than the Dolphins probably like. But I mean, I, I think you're going to have two pretty on par quarterbacks. One of them is going to be throwing to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Kosicki. One of them is throwing to. Jacoby Myers, I guess. I guess um, the ghost, the ghost of Nikhil Harry, <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson leading the charge. So uh, New England's actually two and a half point favorites in this in Vegas, but I'm not buying it. As long as Teddy doesn't get knocked out, I think the Dolphins win this one in a close game that not many people watch. <laughs> uh, real, real quick before before we skip over the rest of the one o'clocks, um, just a quick note: 
Nathaniel Hackett is out in Denver. Russell Wilson wishes he would have played better. So there you go. That's the news out of Denver. <laughs> Not as exciting as the news out of Tennessee. <laughs> um, yeah. I was well, yeah, Panthers and Bucks. That's just, I think the Bucks can wrap up. This is a meaningful game. Bucks can wrap up the division. They've been playing with fire a lot recently. Uh, Brady falling behind early and then winning games late. Um, the Panthers have sort of, I, I don't know. They, they played really well last week and I don't kind of, I don't really know why. Sam Darnold doesn't really beat teams though. And, and the Bucs have a good run defense. So I, I think the Bucs get it done this week. Um, huh. Yeah, uh, no, this game is the game is a doozy to pick. Just coming off of that Lions win, I feel like the Panthers are playing better football. Um, and I, I just, I do not like what Tampa Bay is doing right now. It, it makes me almost physically ill to think about watching one of their games just because it is such an ugly type of football that they're playing right now. I mean, they beat Trace McSorley by three points last week. Like, God, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm going with the Panthers. It's, I don't, I don't know why the Panthers are doing what they're doing. There is no conventional wisdom that says they should be doing this. But um, Deontay I, Foreman, man, what a great pickup. Him and Chuba Hubbard and Blackshear, they they three-headed yeah. monstered the Lions last week. Um, just, I mean, to absolute death. And if, if you can get run on by the Panthers, which I think the Bucks can, the Panthers have everything they need. Uh, Sam Darnold's played really good within the system the last couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to go with the Panthers. I don't like the Panthers, even though we live here. Um, I like them in this game, though. Yeah, um, that's, that's a good, good toss-up there. Um, well, I'll, well, I'll throw the Browns commanders games in here. This is the one last, the last one o'clock game. I think I'll, I'll pick, but, um, obviously picking the commanders here. Cause I got to get that in on the show. Um, I still, yeah, I still, I still, you know, a lot of people think the sky's falling. I, I don't necessarily think that, um, like I said, they were not going to have a chance against San Francisco that, that two game, you know, three game stretch with two games in the giants. And then the game against San Francisco was always going to be kind of a, a tougher stretch. And now we, we got a softer opponent that isn't going to be playing for anything and, and a quarterback that I wouldn't mind knocking into the turf. And we've got the guys who can do it. So yeah, I don't think, well, I don't think it'll be particularly pretty. I don't think the crowd will be particularly large here on a holiday uh, in Landover, Maryland, but I, I think, I think we squeak by them like 15 to 10 or something and, and set up that Dallas game that we talked about. That that's, that sounds right to me The the way that the commanders guarantee to lose this game is if they start looking ahead to, to Dallas right now. Um, and that's just something you can't do. Um, I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do. I'm sure that they are very focused on the Browns game, but at no point can you start looking ahead to Dallas at, at this point and beat this Browns team. But this Browns team has a lot of good players. Their defense is really solid. They, they have really good skill position players. Amari Cooper is still having a really nice season. Uh, Deshaun Watson is getting better and better every week, getting more comfortable in the offense. Um, David Njoku is a guy that Washington, to me, is going to struggle with covering. They seem to always struggle with covering the tight ends of opposing teams. Um, so I think that's an X factor there. If you have David Njoku in your fantasy championship game, I think he's going to put up a decent line for you. But I still think the commanders will win as long as they're not focused on Dallas already. Yeah, um, shoot, man. I, I just – David, and he's, he's, he's no Joku, man. He's no joke. No joke. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> that's that's all I got to say about that. Um, that Jets, and Seah- Jets and Seahawks, seven and eight matchup. These are two teams that are desperately fighting for their playoff lives, <laughs> both on the outside looking in. Uh, Seattle's going to have the home field advantage. Uh, I think is uh, who's going to be starting for the for the Jets in this game? Is this revised. Mike White. Zach- okay, it is. It is going to be Mike White. Okay, that helps them a little bit. Big I don't think Mike White is back. I don't think it helps them enough, though. I think I think Seattle pulls out of the slump, and they 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 and they are in a, in a slump. I mean, they've lost they have lost three in a row after beating the Rams. Um, but I, I I think they get back on track here. It, it is going to be an ugly low scoring game too. Uh, the Jets defense is really good, but the Jets have just had a lot of injuries on offense that it's been really hard to overcome. And I don't think they're going to put up the points here. Uh, the Seahawks losers are five of their last six. Granted, they've been against some okay teams, but they've also lost to the Bucks, they've lost to the Raiders, and they lost to the Panthers. Um, I the, the the Jets are a Super Bowl defense with a hula bowl offense, and I Mike White changes the equation. I think just enough for me in this particular situation for me to take the jets because their defense is so good. And because the Seahawks are really, really reeling right now, uh, they got Kenneth Walker back. Thankfully that gives them a little bit more pop. They lose Tyler Lockett though, replace him with Marquise Goodwin, who also went out last week. Um, so not really sure where they're going to get their secondary air contributions from. Um, so I'm going to take the jets in this one. Really interested to see the, the um, uh, Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed matchup with DK Metcalf because that's a that's a different beast than they've had to deal with at any point during the season. So I'm really interested to see how they handle DK Metcalf. That being said, I just don't think there's a way that the Seahawks offense is able to overcome the Jets defense. Um, Jets in a squeaker. Right now, Vegas has them one and a half point favorites, and that's kind of where I like them to, like a late field goal. That's a uh, that is a uh, four oh five game. The four twenty plus five time slot features the aforementioned uh, Vikings Packers game. The Rams Chargers game is not really of interest to me, but the Vikings Packers game certainly is because the uh, the Packers are still in the playoff hunt in the NFC, and the Vikings just never play well in this stadium. They they just don't ever do. Um, Kirk Cousins is just he he just doesn't he just doesn't have that big game edge to him that. You know, he can go, you can go in with him and be like, you know, oh, we're definitely going to win this game because we have that guy at quarterback. But the Vikings have proven time and time again that they can bounce back from big deficits. And I'm not just talking about that Colts game. Remember the Bills game, they were way behind too. They were behind late, came back, came back to win. Um, one of the best coach teams, I think, in the in the league with Kevin O'Connell. Um, and Ed Donatello's done a fantastic job with that defense. Uh, the, the talent disparity in this game heavily in favor of the Vikings. It's just the intangibles here all point to the Packers. Packers are hot. Uh, they've won a few games. Uh, and, and like I said, just they, the Vikings never play well in this stadium, it, but it's not quite enough for me to pick the Packers. I think the Vikings do get this done. I think this is a game where the big stars for the Vikings come to play. We're going to see the gritty a couple of times. I think uh, if, if you know what I'm saying, um, and I, I think the Vikings break the Lambo hex this year. Mm, tough one. Because uh, the Vikings haven't been playing championship level football the last couple of weeks, um, the Packers seem to play to their opponents. There's not a lot of, you know, blowouts 
one way or the other with them. They they seem to play consistent with whoever they're playing against. And against a team that has a more explosive offense, I don't think that's a particularly good thing. Um, sounds like Aaron Rodgers may be dealing with a little bit of a knee issue as well. Um, so maybe that's enough of a factor to lean this one way or the other. Um, I, I want to take Lambeau at this time of year, but I don't know. Just something's telling me the Vikings are going to do this one pretty, uh, pretty well. I mean, they, they played week one and the, the Vikings handled them pretty well. And honestly, not much has changed for either one of these teams across the entire season. Uh, except for maybe the development of Christian Watson for the Packers, which is a huge development. Uh, he's, he's been fantastic this year. He's by far been their best offensive uh, pass catcher. Um, Vikings are going to have it tough with the, the really strong two-headed running back uh, backfield of the Packers with A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. That being said, I, I, I just feel the Vikings win this one. They have a little bit more to hold on to. They're still playing for maybe home field advantage, I believe. Um, I, have the Eagles locked that up yet, or they missed that because they lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, not uh, Cowboys still have a chance. Okay, Cowboys still because have of a chance. that because Damn. of that because of that game. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, okay, so yeah. So, so oh, so, sorry, sorry. I've, Vikings also have a chance, and the Niners right. do as well too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that is still very much in play. That goes along with what I was saying. They're 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 still playing for something. Um, I know that they would prefer to have home field advantage, especially in the NFC. It's going to be a absolute dogfight at any of those big places so i don't know i i I think i'm just filling time because i don't know what i want to pick yet (laughs) because this is a tough game well well, you're the one who's at work right now yeah sure um (laughs) i i think i'm gonna go with the vikings not not for any dissension or anything just that's what my gut's telling me to do right now yeah same same thing here just like i said i think my gut's telling me we're gonna see the gritty a couple times and that's just that's putting me over the edge um (laughs) The gritty. Uh, the gritty. You'll love it. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite touchdown celebration now. And, and, uh, it, dude, I mean, you, you would have thought the, the, the juju dance would have been like the most famous thing that ever came from a wide receiver. And then, dude hits the gritty one time and it's the only dance that anybody does. <laughs> and it's like everybody's celebration is hitting the gritty. Yeah. It's, it's, dude, I love it. I love it. It's two more games to pick here as this episode of the right hash winds down and both in the AFC. Three of the four AFC North teams, in fact, featured in this one. And it starts with a divisional matchup on Sunday night football. This game was flexed in um, and to actually replacing the LA, the battle for LA um, with this, uh, the Ravens and Steelers in Baltimore. Do we, without, uh, without Lamar Jackson, I, I think. Okay. That's, that's what I was going to ask if you knew. Or I should say, I should I shouldn't say, I shouldn't make that call yet. He has not practiced this week. He has not practiced this week. Yeah, last I heard a couple of days ago, John Harbaugh wouldn't talk about it, um, which means to me he's questionable, like le- legitimately questionable. Uh, probably erring on the side of out more than playing, um, just based on how they've handled it the last couple of weeks. Um, this is one they could really use Lamar for, though. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd just say that. Um, I, I don't know where they are in terms of making the playoffs in these next few weeks. I don't know what's on the line for them particularly – um oh they're still I, they're still in the running for the division if they win out and the Bengals yeah. lose out they can they win the division yeah but like if they lose these next two games do they miss the playoffs or like are they just playing with house money and they're in the playoffs pretty much regardless i uh, i need to look at i just yeah, need to look at the wild card standings 
Um, but I, I think that goes a long way to telling whether or not um, Baltimore risks Lamar Jackson. Um, right, right now they're, they're 10 and five and the dolphins are in right now at eight and seven. So to oh, me, that they've, re- they've clinched, sorry, Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore's clinched a playoff spot. Yes, they've clinched. Okay. So I say, we're not going to see Lamar Jackson in this game, which to, to me is enough of a, of a factor. I mean, he's their whole fucking team. Um, I, I'm going to take the Steelers to go into Maryland and win this one. I like, I like Kenny Pickett. Some folks may be, uh, you know, cold on him and some Steelers, Steelers fans seem to pretty much like him overall. They seem to have a lot of faith in him. I've seen a lot of good out of him this year when he's not getting his head slammed into the ground. Um, I love George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, that little two-headed monster they formed. Pat Fryermuth is fun. Their offensive line needs some work, obviously, after losing, you know, their 20-year-old iron wall that they had there <laughs> in Pittsburgh. But I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Stillers too, um, especially with a backup quarterback for Baltimore. Uh, it's, defense is playing really well for Pittsburgh. Um, got a lot of emotion on that Franco Harris game, uh, retirement ceremony, uh, what have God. you. Um, yeah, I wish he could have made it to that. Yeah, I know, right? And he uh, and, and and Pittsburgh is still alive too. They need to win out and yeah. get some help. So they're they're not they're by no means dead. So they're playing for a lot. You know, like Baltimore is not playing for quite as much. Um, yeah, I like the Steelers in this one too. It, and then finally, or go ahead. I, I was going to say this is a game that the Jags actually need the Steelers to lose because if the Jags don't win the AFC South, they can still win the, uh, they can still get a play a wild card spot. The Titans cannot. So yeah. that the, a little bit more strategic rooting needed for the Jaguars fans out there because we, if everything goes wrong, we still have a way in the back door. But we we kind of need the teams like the Steelers to lose and not make up ground on us. Yeah, and the final game features the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. This game is in Buffalo, I believe. Uh, I just had it pulled up. No, this sorry, this game's this game's in Cincinnati, and it's significant for the Ravens because if Cincinnati loses, uh, then the Ravens win. Then the Ravens Cincinnati is for the division next uh, in Week 18. Um, so that Lamar that's, will that's, play in that game. Yeah, I was gonna say they might be saving him for that. Um, but the, the bills are just, the bills are, uh, they, they are a one point favorite in this game. Um, all they've done is win. I mean, they are on a six game win streak since that Vikings game. Um, so, you know, they took care of the, 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 the bears last week, uh, had, had not a lot of trouble with that. Um, boy, this is, this is going to be, I hope, I hope this is the quarterback matchup that we've been, we, we get the quarterback matchup that we've been waiting for. Like this is yeah. two of the great young quarterbacks in the AFC and in the NFL. Um, this was, this was almost our AFC championship game last year. And I, and I hope, I hope if nothing else, like we get some really great quarterback play in this game from both Joe Shiesty and uh, the big mountain man himself, Josh Allen. You know, it's, it's funny to look at how impactful scheduling can be at this time of year and not teams, but I mean, time slots. Because imagine this game gets played before Steelers and Ravens. The the Ravens would have a – it's like taking defense in overtime. You kind of know a little bit more of what you have to do, um, it, when, especially when it comes to, like, Lamar Jackson. If Cincy loses this game, the Ravens don't really have to play Lamar Jackson because they can just save him for next week and say, we have to win next week either way. doesn't matter what we do here. As long as we win next week, we'll tie the Bengals and – uh, I believe they own the tiebreaker. I, I don't know how the the secondary tiebreakers will go, but they'll at least be tied head to head. But 
since they play after the Ravens are probably just going to, you know, def, you know, kind of punt the ball on this one, so to speak, start Huntley and just hope that the Bengals lose. Um, anyway, just a, a little thing that I caught there at the end uh, after we were looking at this. Um, yeah, th- this, this is a great matchup. This is especially one that you hope to have at the end of the season. Um, you, you hope that you have big, meaningful games between humongous teams like this. And they, these are two of the biggest teams on the, on the football landscape these days. Um, Buffalo one point favorite in Cincinnati. N- neither team has played well consistently this season. They both had really high highs and they've had some unfortunately low lows. And um, it, it's, this is as much of a coin flip as I've seen in the NFL this year, really. Uh, that being said, I'm going to take Joe Shiesty in the in the in his home building in front of his home fans uh, to, to I believe that would pretty much just clinch the division. Um, I'm going to take the Bills because I like wings a lot more than I like Cincinnati Chili, um, and that's 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 the differentiator because these are two really good teams and really good quarterbacks, and I just I don't have a good football reason to like really really pick one over the other. I just hope I get a good game, and I'm using that as my barometer. So give me some nice, crispy, hot wings dipped in some blue cheese and some celery and, and some wet wipes. And I'm set. I, I use ranch. So I'd get thrown out of Buffalo. Yeah. I, I do ranch with like sweeter flavors or like Asian flavors, but if it's just nice, hot wings, give me some blue cheese. I dip ranch and ranch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not a lot. I'm not a crazy person. I still put ranch on everything. I'm probably going to go have a salad with ranch after the show, but um, yeah, give me, give me, give me the, give me the bills in that, in that, in that <laughs> matchup. It, well, that was my point. <laughs> I got you. That, that was my, my pick. But finally, at the end of the season, we're actually getting some good primetime games. I was going to say a rare instance where Monday night football might be the best game of the week <laughs> and i can't wait to watch the manning cast and watch them break down these two quarterbacks all game yeah oh man is, is there gonna be is there gonna be one there i think there's one be. the rest of the i think there's one okay. the rest of the season yeah, this is the last monday night football game so that would make sense yeah um uh, we've had one since like week 10 they came off yes. of their little hiatus during the middle of college football yes and and, and, and it's peyton gets so mad he gets just so mad for uh like when quarterbacks play bad, like yeah. it's just, it's, I, that's the most entertaining part of it to me. As as Eli is over there, just like throwing slight digs at him. They're not like over the top digs, but they're like, "Damn it, man! You're the little brother. You're not supposed to be saying stuff like." Yeah, that. it's just, it's the very classic like Peyton's the the older brother that would just yell at you, and Eli's like he's the little brother that holds you down, and while Peyton just wails on you, <laughs> like, got, got, gotta love it, man. It, <laughs> And Cooper and Cooper Cooper just laughs. He just sits there and laughs. I, I like how they got him in that uh in that Hulu commercial now though. Yeah, the Hulu commercial. So yeah, they, they've got him making a little bit of money on the side too, which is yeah. cool. Oh man, well there's a there's another another two plus hour hour episode of the Right Hash. No, of, no of big course, deal. Be, being being Arch Manning's dad, I'm sure he's got a couple of Benjamins rolling around over there now. Yeah, and and Arch himself is. I don't think he's going to be hurting for money just on his own in in a very short period of time, if, if the NIL opportunities at the university of Texas are, uh, are, are anything to be, to be, uh, to be looked at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the breaking news. The Mannings are not hurting for money. 
Well, with that, um, this is uh, this is our kind of our own Manning cast, just our own uh, the right hash. This is our our medium where we where we talk about sports and mostly football, and that's just in this time of the year, uh, really the end of the year. This this period, this week between Christmas and New Year's, where there just aren't really any rules, and you don't really know what day of the week it is, and there's football on all the time. Um, just just pretty great, and glad we could carve out a couple of hours for for uh, for football discussion and and banter. Well, Luke, I think that that wraps our first full calendar year of doing the right hash. Indeed. It was, it was a great one. The right hash 2022. And we just look forward to greater things on the gridiron and in the pitch on the pitch in 2023. So um, we will have a a show after the the college football playoff um, in the new year in 2023, all of our first show of 2023. And, you know, hopefully I'm talking about a a Georgia Michigan final because that's what we both picked. And we, we would like to, seem like we know what we're talking about here on on the right hash i mean that is what we do after all we try to say <laughs> like we know what we're talking about <laughs> it is an illusion it is an illusion we are not even real people we are just college football robots here <laughs> and football robots here in the Nasser alexander kucheki studio so thanks a lot for joining us all year everyone it doesn't matter how long you've been a member of the right hash family thanks everybody for listening if this is your first episode or your 50th listening or anywhere in between we, we thank you for the patronage we thank you for putting the ears on uh, what we have to say and uh, we, we hope you uh, we hope you enjoy the football as much as we do that's the main thing we just we're just in it because we love sports and we love football and there's just we like it so much that we can't just watch the games we've got to go spit it out and put it on the internet too absolutely happy new year's to everyone and uh I hope whatever team you're pulling for wins. And if they don't, it's because of that one holding call back in the first quarter that no one saw that changed the game. Yes, exactly. So uh, enjoy lots of football, lots of meaningful football, lots of not so meaningful football um, here from the right hash. And we will talk to you in 2023 from the Nasser Alexander Kuchek Studios. <laughs>